Welcome to the PopGo Project Podcast, a platform for the discussion and discovery of arts and entertainment. We focus on highlighting people and events that add value to the world around us. Visit us on all social media platforms by searching The PopGo Project or visit our website at thepopgoproject.com. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for listening. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Are you still cutting your own grass? Are you still trying to get your landscaping to look perfect on your own? That sounds sweaty. That sounds like a lot of work. That sounds like a job for Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Family-owned and operated Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services, located on Kern Street in Exeter near Blue Ribbon Dairy, has the quality and experience to get your yard looking its best. The Garden Center offers plants, trees, sod, mulch, rocks, flowers, topsoil, grass seed, straw bales, and much more while the Lawn and Landscaping Services offers mowing, trimming, planting, and full landscaping. And also new at Keller's Garden Center is the Zen Chaser Bonsai Studio, offering bonsai trees, supplies, and classes. Visit them on their social media page for more info. Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Get your free estimate today. This episode is also brought to you by Paulson Tours. For almost 30 years, this family-owned and operated business has been sending people to sports games, racing events, concerts, vacations, and more. I myself have been using Paulson Tours for trips to Red Sox games, wine festivals, and an annual guy's trip to Boston for St. Patty's Day for almost 15 years. Check out the current trips being offered over at paulsontours.com. Life's a trip. Go with Paulson Tours. Joe Caviston, the Prince of Sadness. <laughs> I'll take that title. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, man. We haven't done this. Uh, I was thinking we we did a, a podcast back when I had a radio show and a podcast as an extension. Of that. I think it was like 2019, and right. it was it was over the phone. It wasn't even like you know face to face via computer. I'm hoping one Pretty day. Soon. Presume days, yeah. Before COVID, we didn't have to worry about this shit. And I, I kick myself in the ass now that I did not invest in Zoom. Yeah, oh, big you time, know, right? There's a lot of stuff I wish I invested in. Well, I said two weeks to flatten the curve. I'm like, this isn't going to last, and then it blew up. Nope. But yeah, so we did it. We did it via phone back then. I didn't even get to see your face. Uh, and hopefully, maybe the next time we get to do this, we'll be face to face in person in a studio. But for now, we'll do this. I mean, thank you for joining me on the podcast that you don't listen to. Don't very anticipated though. I feel like uh, I, I, I'm a uh, a topic of conversation often on it, so I, I'm honored accident. to finally be here. I don't know if that's good or bad. It's it's a complete accident, you know. Name dropping all the time, Joe Cavston. <laughs> but I mean, you got your hands in so much now. It's, it's like you're you've become one of those guys. You know, you become a, a Josh Balls in the sense that you're. You know, you got the screaming emo, screaming infidelities emo night. Um, I think he ex- extended that to like a fat beats, uh, hip hop type of uh, scenario. We could talk about that. I think you started booking bands again and started working with bands again. Um, you're a dad. You have a full time job. Um, Electric City Music Conference every year. This is the tenth year. That's what we're here to talk about uh, mainly. But yeah, I mean, 
it's hard not to talk about you because everyone I talk to has kind of been touched and not inappropriately, but touched by you somehow. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've been around for a while. Try to stay involved as much as possible. Like you said, with everything going on, it seems to get tougher and tougher. But, uh, you know, nothing thrills me more still to this day than just, you know, hearing that great band for the first time when you walk into a club or they happen to be like some band you never saw on a show. So I try to try to stay involved in the scene as much as possible. And you kind of start out, um, and if I'm wrong, I apologize, but Eleanor Rigby's early, or wait, I don't know, 2000 something. 2007. Um, okay. So I started out booking shows um, there. It was Fagan's. It was a pool hall. Um, and the owner let me start booking shows and we did some big nationals. Um, and then he, it just, yeah, a pool hall slash music venues, a hard business model. Um, he had a liquor license, but just didn't want to use it. And then um, me and a couple partners came in and did Rigby's for a couple of years there. I wish that a venue was a lucrative uh, endeavor because as I'm sure you know, uh, venues have been dropping like flies, especially since COVID. And um, we're going to talk about your, your the 10th year of the Electric City Music Conference, which you, you know, when you started that uh, or when you kind of took it over or whatever we want to call it, there were so many venues and they've dwindled as time goes on. And I'm sure it's hard to really kind of navigate that and put certain bands in different rooms. But I wish it was an, a lucrative endeavor because I would love to be able to open a venue of some of some kind just to have um you know bands have have a place to play and pop in. Yeah, it's it's definitely a labor of love. It, it has to be. Um because it's not uh I mean if you do it right. But I, so like places like the V Spot, like that's a great music bar. Like they're not trying to be a venue. Vinny will tell you that right off the bat, right? They're not right. he's not trying to book national bands. He's not trying to do that. Um Venues that, that do it right, it, it gets tough now, though, because as soon as somebody starts doing it right at anything that's profitable, Live Nation's either going to impose their will on you or try to come in and at least partner, you know? So, you know, some people can profit that way. Uh, but the idea of an all-age venue post-2008, 2010 just became financially really tough to do. There's some places that are doing it great, like on a... Like up in New England, there's a lot of like community run ones that are like subsidized through the state or the the community. And it's like more of an all age place for like young bands to go. And I always said bands need somewhere to be bad. Um, those all age venues that were around for years when we were younger were great. You learn how to be a band there, you know, like that that that's so important to a music scene. And without yeah. having like the ecosystem of an all-age venue where bands can learn, cut their teeth and everything, and then they move up to, like, a mid-level one that's, like, maybe, like, a couple bar bands, things like that. You can get your feet wet. And then having the national venue in the area um, that can do, like, a 1,000 people and local bands can open for them. And then having a big place like Montage and that the big bands come in and just keep everybody aspiring to, that kind of makes up a, a healthy one. And it's hard to have all of those hitting at once. There's not many places in the country that that have it. Well, yeah, like you said, it's so important because, I mean, it's like doing open mic nights with for comedy. Like, you have to have a place to, you know, eat shit and, you know, test your material and and just, like you said, like, learn how to be a band because, yeah, you have practice spaces, but, like, you know, it's 
someone's basement their parents basement or whatever it might be it's not conducive to you know a live audience and, and kind of getting the feedback and shit like that so it's unfortunate that we're in the situation we're in but i mean what are you gonna do yeah, it, it's tough um and i you know having done it i admire anybody that's ever made a go of it i mean we struggled to do it you know at a big level even with a liquor license subsidizing it you know and that's where you really make your money sure. doing live music. Um, you don't make it off the bands. Like nobody ever got rich booking bands, regardless of what people think. Yeah. You get you make your money off the alcohol sales. Yeah. Um, and we really, really catered to underage people. Um, we ran a chain link fence from the ground to the ceiling. Oh yeah. On the middle of that place to make sure it was always a safe minus mosh pit and environment for everybody. Um and it and that it was tough for us to to make a go of it, even with the alcohol sales. Uh so that you know anybody that's ever done it full go all age like the um you know your your cafe metropolises your redwoods your backstages um aj jumps place like those people were doing it for passion regardless of what anybody thinks like there was no there's no money to be made off of off of rooms run like that um in a level of like more than a couple bucks a night you know it's it's tough and that's it's a passion um and it's getting less and less sustainable with the cost of gas and yeah, it, it's, it's sad though. Like think about all the stories you hear, like oh, Cafe Metropolis or Home Base or Rigby's. There's like always so someone always has a story. Like uh, I remember when uh, you know Newfound Glory played uh, Metro or whatever it might be. Like yeah. what are those what do those stories happen now? Like it's like it's tough. I mean, I that's why I, I grew up. At Cafe Metro, at Backstage, um, you know, I was a little bit young for for CC's, um, but but those are the places where, like, I mean, I saw Hawthorne Heights, I saw, you know, every band that I loved come through, Taking Back Sunday, all those guys at the Zoo when Bobby Mack was running that before. Um, I think it was the Zoo. He had a couple iterations over there, but it was, uh, you know, I saw Brand New, Taking Back Sunday, all those bands playing there, um, and back then it was easy to just it was a different world. So like you could just go rent out a fire hall. Like I saw the movie life and I, or I am the avalanche. I forget which one it was like in a fire hall, you know, in, in Stroudsburg randomly, like kids can't, a 16 year old kid can't go rent a, a fire hall anymore and put on a concert. Like nobody would ever let that fly yeah. back then. It was, you know, Oh yeah. Give us a hundred bucks, put on your show, do it. You know, <laughs> it, it wasn't, it wasn't the end of the world then. Um, they want to fall. Yeah, it's don't, tough. don't tell anybody. What's that? They want to fall is just, you know, take them out. Yeah, exactly. Them it, you know? Yeah, it was, it was a different, it was, it was a hundred percent different world. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it's tough. Like, um, I'm pretty not like, uh, tied in with the guys, uh, as far as knowledge base and, and helping with marketing that goes on at HMAC. And that's like down here, even there's not that much, um, Below, there used to be the same thing down here. There was a club that I would come down to in high school called um, the Champ that Jeremy Weiss ran from CI Records, and that's not around anymore. There, there aren't really on the top of my head, and and also, I mean, I've aged up, so like, I wouldn't go to an all age show now. So maybe there is this awesome all age room that I just not don't know about. Um, but it seems more like there's a lot of secret shows and uh, like Ask a Punk shows coming back, like where they don't even put an address on it. Um, basement shows in Philly, things like that. But 
it, I heard I heard about a show recently somewhere that uh, the flyer or whatever that was just had logistics or uh, yeah, um, or no coordinates rather, uh, which is which is cool, right? Yeah, that is um, neat. I that stuff's awesome. I, I remember you used to find some of the the flyers around, and I was never like a a punk rock punk rock kid. I was more on the fringes, but um. The, the, I used to think that was so cool when you'd see a flyer that just said, ask a punk, you know, and I never really asked, but the show seemed cool. You know, I'd see pictures afterwards, but, uh, where do you find a punk? I usually look for like, uh, either oh, like, fuck. yeah, some Liberty spikes or, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, depending on the crust of the punk, you could smell them coming from a little bit away, but <laughs> you know, you find them. Well, I just saw, I was actually, uh, I think it's Easton. Uh, I was at the Crayola factory back in December, uh, and I had seen uh, One Center Square advertised through you and what you were doing and like just other bands in this area that is a place to play. And I was driving I was driving past there, and I'm like, oh, shit, that's, it's right there. And then I think a week later, it was closed. Gone. Yeah. yeah. That's a tough market. I mean, writing's a tough market. Um you're asking a band to play is a little bit inside baseball, but you're asking a band to basically play there or Philly same market. So you can't play both. So it's kind of hard to get, get people up there as much. And also one center square, I mean, Easton Allentown, all that. Um, so that's a weird spot because you're competing with Reading, which is reverb or Stroudsburg, which is also kind of that market. And the Sherman's doing such great stuff that mm-hmm. that, that was a tough, they did great stuff for a couple of years. Um, you know, agents come and go and they have their favorite places to send places to. Yeah. So the crock rock. I mean, that was iconic, like gone. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, cut my teeth in the basement of the crock rock booking, um, you know, devil wears Prada, um, a ton of different bands down there during the scene days. Uh, I only booked a couple of shows on the main stage upstairs, but I booked a lot on that underground thing. And then towards the end when like, seemed like every kid in the world was in a band and there were just so many bands. We would book them. They had a huge green room. We would just have bands. There'd be three shows a night going on there. You'd have bands playing on the floor in the green room to like 50, 60 people. Um, But yeah, Crock Rock, uh, the owner, Joe Clark, was originally from Carbondale. So we had like this like weird bond. Um, He was like very old. He didn't do much but own it. Um, And then that just, a couple unfortunate things happened at shows and then, it just the the insurance and stuff got out of control, and I think they lost their liquor license, and that that's years yeah. after I'm removed from it. But they uh, they end up going going under eventually too. It's not even there; they tore it down. Yeah, I think it's like a parking garage or some shit like that now. Garage now, yeah, yeah, I it's saw, a bummer. I saw Red there. I saw Eve Six there. I saw the honorary title. Just a few of my my favorites uh, from that that, uh, that venue. Yeah, I saw I saw a ton of bands there growing up, which was awesome. Um, the first time I ever went there was see the Ataris, but like on the radio, the Ataris, you know. So there was like yeah. a ton of people there. It was great. Um, yeah. I saw say anything. My wife and my my wife and my first date was to Crock Rock in college to see say anything on Halloween. So, dude, it sucks the way things change, man. And like I, I always feel like I sound an old person, but you know, you mentioned you know a show that you and your your current, you know, your wife, you now wife, you know, at the time girlfriend, you know, first date. Like, I mean, you know, talk about technology and advancements. You know, I miss going to Blockbuster, grabbing a movie and a pizza, and that was your Friday night. And like, even if the movie sucked, you still watched it because that's all you had. 
hundred percent. Yeah. Now you, now, you, now you put on a movie on Netflix and it's like you're five minutes in and maybe you're on your phone and your wife's kind of like not into the movie. You're like, oh, you want to watch something else? And it's like, you just spent a half hour finding this movie, but you're like, let's try and find something else, something else. And then you spend another half hour finding something else. And then before you know, it's time for bed. Yeah. That hundred percent. We, we try that, but then usually my wife just turns Bravo on and that's <laughs> like it. We don't have cable. So if, if we had cable uh, or like a, a, a dish or whatever, um, I'm sure we'd be watching Lifetime of, or some kind. But yeah, I don't know what, what app she uses for it. We're the same way. Whatever. She's paying for it. Yeah, she's got yeah, it. Whatever the various things that she's pulling off for her. She, she's a, a bra- Bravo-holic, I think it's okay. it's referred to as. That's fine. But I mean, you, you've you've obviously it was a passion, right? You've had this music's been such an important part of your life. And, you know, it is, it is mine too. And, you know, you've been able to really, and, you know, just be involved. Right. Um, I think you were like kind of doing some stuff with different bars in Scranton. Um, I don't know if this is prior to the, uh, electric city music conference or maybe like during or after, but you've always been, part of the scene whether it's been you know in scranton or any pace of some kind uh and then you, you started doing the uh the music conference so uh we're talking about the 10th year um and a lot of times i think we talked about this before you know i don't think you saw yourself getting past year five and here we are you know at year 10 so um that's coming up you know today is august 8th this will probably drop in a few days um, but we're what, a month out from the pretty much the weekend. Yeah, we're pretty much a, a month out. Um, we're in crunch time, so to speak. But it uh, sneaks up too. I feel like it's like, oh, you have an entire year to do it, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's August, September. It's it's here. Yeah, every year it sneaks up on me. It's getting worse and worse every year. <laughs> um, <laughs> this year specifically, like I thought I got this like awesome early start on it, and then. Ever. life life went crazy and uh felt like i was scrambling a little bit the last couple of weeks but um i think we pulled off some really cool lineups this year and uh i'm, I'm excited for it yeah, yeah year so 10 I, I never expected it to, to to go this far before we get to year 10 talk about the 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 start of it because there was uh kind of a, a similar thing prior to that i think it was like 08 09 ish or whatever it might be um Talk about how you you know you started, uh, you know what it is currently. Yeah, so uh, originally there was the Steamtown Original Music Showcase um, that took place in Scranton for a couple of years, maybe five or so. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, John Phelps put it on, and I think like two or three years into it, um, he brought me in to kind of help. You know, I would I was help help with some stuff. I think we did like the Menzingers and. There's some cool stuff there. Uh, a lot of my bands would play it. And then um, as John and I got closer, um, he brought myself in and a couple other people to to be like on a committee and kind of helping stuff. And then um, his businesses kind of took off and it just didn't make sense for him to devote the time to it anymore. So he stopped doing it. And that was kind of right around the time that I had left Eleanor Rigby's um, and didn't really want much to do with with music at that point um i needed a break and uh i i i I just took took like a year um and but he got me to come back and help him with it the last year and then he decided not to do it anymore 
And about a year after that, I think it was like a year, maybe two year gap where there wasn't anything. Um, I was doing shows here and there, like at various venues throughout Scranton. At the time, there wasn't really a, a music venue of like dedicated. So I was throwing stuff here and there. And I went to him and I said, hey, like, you know, I, I, I would like to do a conference. Um, I've been speaking at Launch Music Conference and uh, Millennium Music Conference and, and various conferences uh, on the East Coast. I think I think Scranton needs one. I think it's the right city for it. And he was like, yeah, go for it. Like, I don't care. Just, you know, change the name or whatever. And then he and I, for years, wanted to start the Electric City or the Steamtown Music Awards. We We wanted, that was something that he and I, tried to partner on a couple of times, but he's never fully got it off the ground. Like we had two drastically different visions for it. And um, there was neither, there was no wrong vision for it. It was just two different ideas of it. John, I'm, I'm very, I'm a punk rock kid. Um, you know, John puts on these amazing events with, you know, lighting and weddings and everything like that. And it was just two different visions and it never got off the ground. It almost did once. And then um, we ended up pulling the plug on it. So I wanted to make that part of the conference too. So so we we added that in um, when we first kicked it off. And the rest is kind of history from there. But we did it with his blessing and he's spoken at it. He attends and it's it's great. John, we were just on the phone call the other night. He was uh, in Virginia Beach with Snoop and uh, Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> he called yeah. me. He's, so. he's another one, you know, you know, you balls, uh, John Phillips, all you guys, like just like just hustling man, grinding. Um, yeah, he's, just, it's amazing what he's been doing with, you know, with the wedding business and the tour managing and you know, whatever it's, it's, it's awesome. Whenever I think like, I'm like, <laughs> like I'm like burnt out or like there's too much on my plate. I like, I like look at what like he's doing or balls is doing. And I'm just like, Nope. <laughs> There's bandwidth there, you know. I, I I can find a little bit of bandwidth, but yeah. those, those guys have so much stacked up. I know, and I feel like I feel like I do a lot, and I and I really don't in comparison to guys like Balls and John Phillips and a guy I work with, Dennis Condusta. Like I was just talking to him prior to jumping on here, and he, you know, he works at Axelrod with me. He's a production manager. He, you know, works probably twelve hour days, goes home, and he's working on his house, and he's he's a dad too, so he's. He's got a little one, and then he was uh, fixing his mom's house, and he's doing this, and he's he, all this stuff. I'm like, where do you find the time? Like, where do you find the time? Hundred percent. Late uh, nights, late nights for sure, right? Without a doubt. Yeah, <laughs> and I can't do those as much as I used to. So it's just trying to trying to grind out, find and find efficiencies. Um, I work a lot more efficient now. Well, have, have a second child. That'll help. Nope. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's. Oh man, I mean, I've gained uh, I don't know how much weight in the past year, and I, I mean, it's it's a few different reasons. It's uh, turning forty, eating like shit, and I'm convinced it's also my sleep cycle is just complete garbage. But uh, I hear that, yeah, it's I, all tough, the above. Man. Check, check, check. Yeah, I'm it's I'm tough. right with you. It's so tough, man. But here we are, pushing along. Gotta. But uh, I mean, you're ten, so. Uh, Talk, I mean, you, you never thought you'd make year five. So in, we're at year 10 now. I mean, um, and you've, 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 I guess you've gained and lost people along the way, not in death by any means, but 
figuratively speaking. Um, you know, how have you been able to remain a constant through all of it? Um, you know, you mentioned John Phillips kind of just his business businesses took off and he just kind of needed to kind of focus on different things. Like, again, we said before, like you're, you're, you're a busy guy, your dad, your husband, full-time job, all these things. Like what, what, uh, what keeps you going? What keeps you like continuously doing this every year? Uh, I don't know. Insanity. Um, no, I don't know. I, I legitimately, the first year was an unmitigated disaster. Um, but you know, got, it gets progressively better every year. And then every year afterwards, I'm just like, I'm not doing it again. And then I like take my breath, you know, wait a couple of weeks and, and, and I jump right back into it. Um, it's weird. You know, there's, there's all different, you know, everybody that sees anybody doing anything has their own opinion about, about everything and, um, how it should be done and, and, and who should be doing it and yada, yada, yada. And I, I mean, if, if you were to like, look at this from like a purely financial 40,000 point view, like this is the dumbest thing I could possibly do. Like the time and effort that goes into this conference, um, from a financial standpoint, it's like, it makes no sense. Um, but I think it's like, there's this little buzz that like carries through for like a month or so afterwards, a month or so before, um, that I like to see in the music scene. I think it, it does a lot more for, you know, getting getting bands out there, making connections. Like I see long-term things that have happened and that have, you know, relations that have been established or or bands that have broke. And I just think that regardless of of any opinion or, you know, somebody who hasn't, you know, enjoyed what they got out of it or didn't get what they expected out of it, um, I think there's a benefit to the to the scene as a whole. Um and that can be just my, you know, dumb opinion. It doesn't have that. That doesn't have to be true to everybody. Um, and nobody has to participate if, if they don't want to. But um, I, I've gained a lot from the the music scene um, on a level of professional. You know, I, I learned most of what I do in any profession that I do, you know, from music first. Like I learned social media to do music and and now I like run a marketing department at a college, right? Um, I learned graphic design to make posters for bands. I, you know, learned what music I love that allowed us to, you know, launch this DJ thing. Um, all of that comes from music. So this is my way, you know, foolish or not, of giving back in a way, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, maybe people don't see it that way, but it's, this is me doing what I can to, to in my way and the way I think best to give back to the local scene and to musicians in general. Cause you know, 50% of the bands are from across the country. Um, and I try to explain to people that the number one rule of the music conference isn't your performance slot. That's probably actually the least important part of, of it. You know, yeah, go out and kill it always, but um, the networking and who you meet and what you do at it are so much more important. And I've met best friends, business partners, Bands that I give opportunities to later down the road, bands that I know only get booked in bars because they were there. And then I, I see bars that book and use the the uh, awards as advertising material. Like if you can go to a bar and say, we won best country band, you, you know, that's a leg up. And I see that in ads of bars that I don't know, never heard of, and I don't know the owners, you know, that are that are utilizing that to advertise. And I think that that's 
you know, you know, for better or worse, the, 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 what keeps me going, I guess, is, is trying to give back in some way. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it really is a great weekend of, of music in, in, in Scranton, right? The Electric City. Um, I've been honored to, um, have been involved in different capacities. I've, uh, I've won awards, uh, this, this way. Uh, a couple of them back there. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm missing, I'm missing two, two, uh, I I took home two last year and my son, they're in his, they're in his room on his shelf. That's Which, awesome. I was like, ah, buddy, like, I really <laughs> want to display them, but he was so proud of me. And he's so like, so I'm like, yeah, dude, take them. I have but, one um, in my other fish tank over there. So, <laughs> so bad. But no, I mean, like, it's, it's such a, it's, and I remember in 2019, it was probably my favorite year. Um, I just remember like just popping around to different places. I was at the bog and I was at Harry's and I was at uh, all places within walking distance. And I just kind of like popped in to check out a band I never heard of before. And it was just a, a cool thing to be able to do because it, you know, you can't do that. We're not, it's not a huge, huge city. It's not Philly. It's not New York where you can kind of do that, um, you know, by walking around. And um, it was just, it just, uh, it, it's a really a cool thing to do. And I think, you know, a, awards and things like this kind of get shit on sometimes. And I don't know if it's just haters or if it's just, you know, negative people, you know, they're like, oh, they're popularity contest or they're this or they're that and, you know, whatever it might be. But like, I think it's really special and it's, it's admirable that you, you know, from a financial standpoint is a huge loss, uh, but you continue to just kind of, you know, offering it to the, uh, the the musicians and the the people who are interested in music and and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, right. thank you for it, that. Well, thank you um, for everything you do as well, but especially just for being a you know, you know, you've been out there supporting it as long as it's been around. Um, but yeah, it it sets up a whole year too. Like so, like financially, yeah, it's it is what it is. But like it it selfishly is also a chance for me to connect with every band in the area like when you're doing what i'm doing it, it be it putting on concerts which i do a lot less of uh recently but you know looking for talent to open our emo nights um you know connecting with bands like i i do if i do do concerts anymore it's big nationals but like i always try to get a local on if possible you know um even i mean i, I was just able to get so much hope buried on in Harrisburg with the sleeping, like that's the most perfect fit of any bands ever. Mm -hmm. But I would have never saw them live if it wasn't for the music conference they performed. And then I had them come out doing an emo night and saw them blow the doors off places. Like that's how that connection happened. And then it's like, Oh, well I have an opportunity to put a local on this show and it's doing great. So it could be any local, you know, they, we don't have to worry about draw for it. So like, let's put these guys on and, you know, build them in Harrisburg too. Yeah. And all those connections come from that or like, you know, there's there's people like Neil Rubenstein or, I mean, Jeremy Weiss and and all these people that we bring in to speak on panels. Like those are connections that, you know, as you get older, it's hard to talk to to everybody all the time and stay connected. But those weekends, like you spend a whole weekend with people in the industry. If you have a drink with somebody, you shake somebody's hand, you know, you, you share a personal story. It's it's a lot 
lot harder to tell that person no when you go to do business with them over the other guy, right? You create a real personal connection. Um, You know, there's still got to be business and and sense involved. But as I tell those bands, like, it's a lot harder for a promoter to tell you no if they put a face to the name. Mm -hmm. So go out and meet them that weekend. Because everybody's around and everybody's approachable. Talk a little bit about the the panels, because I feel like they are probably the uh, most underutilized part of the conference. Um, and I say that as, as as someone who was very involved last year uh, as a moderator for it. And I say underutilized in that not a lot of uh, people have attended. Um, and I'm not saying that as a negative thing to, to you know, what you do. Uh, it just is what it is, right? It's, yeah. but it's, it's there. It's for the taking. It's, 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 um, great information. Um, you know, what do you think is, it might be an issue of maybe, uh, I don't say lack of attendance. Cause it sounds like I'm saying like no one's there. Right. And there's definitely bands there. Um, there were, there was a ton of bands there last year taking advantage of it, but like there could be more like what, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, people are lazy. So like, and that's not a knock on, that's not even a knock on somebody. That's just a fact of life, right? Like, sure. um, there's a hundred bands that, that play the conference every year to 150, um, 25 of those bands put in the extra work to come out and attend the conferences and, and, you know, make those connections and, and learn and, and advance themselves to the career. And that's going to be in any career, right? Like, so, you know, if you take a hundred employees that you work with, 25 of them are going to rise to the top and 20 and the other 75 are just there going through the motions. Right. That's unfortunate. That's every panel at every conference in the country. You know, I go to, I speak at launch every year. I speak, uh, you speak at millennium music conference, like the panels and the mentoring sessions and everything like that are never attended to the max capacity that they should be. Um, and there's a million ways to do it and try to get more people to come out and, it's just hard to get people to do it. Um, but it is the most valuable part of the conference. And you see like the relationships that happen from that. Like we're going down to Baltimore, um, for an emo night in, I don't know, two weeks or something like that. And we were contacted by a band Roderick who are, who are awesome. They're coming up to Wilkes-Barre to open for us this week. They're from New York but they're doing a tour and the person in Baltimore was just like, you don't have the draw to do a show alone in Baltimore. So I love those guys. They like approached me after a panel that I spoke on at launch music conference two years ago. We just connected. Like they were just cool guys. We like the same music. They didn't ask for anything. You know, they gave me their CD or whatever, but they didn't like say like, Hey, can you help us? Blah, blah, blah. Two years later, they were like, Hey, like you don't play Baltimore. Would you like to break into that market? Like if you do an emo night here and let us open, like we, can make that connection to that venue. Um, and we were like, yeah, cool. Like we've Baltimore's an easy drive and we wanted to break into that market. Like let's do it. So that's two year in the making, but just off of a simple conversation after a conference and um, sending me some music and me seeing how good they are, that they're getting a, sh- a sold out show probably in Friday on at the jazz cafe in Wilkesbury on Friday. And we're going to go out to Baltimore and do a couple hundred person show you know, they'll get another night on a tour that they probably would have had no show to play. So like that can happen. Anybody that makes a connection, but it's not going to be immediate. Like you're not going to go to the electric city music conference, talk to somebody and 10 minutes later, they're going to send you to a record contract. Right. 
you know, but you could plant seeds. Um, the Maguas met Jeremy. They signed to CI, you know, that um, the crates are doing a lot of work with CI, CI records now, you know, uh, or not CI, but Jeremy. Um, I think there's like a little artist development stuff going on there. Like those connections have, have happened. I've, I've seen them happen. Um, the Maguas met when uh, Eric from... Uh, Eric drove, dro- I don't know how to say his last name, but he spoke at the conference a couple years back and those guys, he signed them and was managing them, you know, um, signed them to management, not to a record label. But um, if you're good and, and if you can back up on stage and then do the work, there's opportunities there. I've seen people get publicists. Vinny, like from the V spot, like really pays attention to the conference. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of people get into that room that never would have got into that room based off of their conference performances um, and out of town bands, you know, he'll bring in and bring back um, Ed Allison played up there um, in a different band. And now it's a different band that he's in, but Mm -hmm. just getting to know Ed and knowing he's awesome. um, But now, now they play up there and they kill, they they do some of the biggest numbers of the V spot now. And they're from York. Um, There's just a, there's a million little stories like that. And you could, you know, if you if you're not comfortable talking to the panelists, there's also just like there's bands from all over the country there, mm-hmm. and the easiest way to get a show in another city is to trade a show with another band. Right, you can literally come to that come to that conference, meet five bands from five different cities, set up one show where you're the local band, bring all them in to play with you, do a killer show there, and then have five other shows that you traded to go play those other cities. Right. And just create a, a figure eight pattern. Um, you got to put in the work. And, uh, you know, this that's just life. And I'm not knocking any band that doesn't do it. Um, yeah. Some people just want to play music and have fun. And there's a place for that. And uh, some people want to do the extra work. And that's life. You know, I, uh, I used to get a little salty about it. It'd be like, yo, like, just take advantage of this. Like, we're doing it. Now it's like, I'd rather see the bands that really want to be there, be there rather than you know you see the person that just like feels obligated they come in they stand there for like five minutes make sure you see them and then they're gone 30 seconds later right you know um come put in the work and and take it and that's like you know that's that's step one and then there's a million more after that so we got to figure too you're in a room um with kind of everyone that has the same goal as you do like you're in a band like you want to you know make those connections you want to like you said um you know, network and maybe jump on a show with somebody else and bring someone else here. Uh, yeah, it, it's, I, I'm a, I've, I've adopted this saying and, and I'm sure I'm not the first to say it, but I'm, I've been saying this a lot in that you know, it, it, it only takes one. It only takes one person to hear your music and that takes you to, you know, maybe not to, you know, stardom, but to the, the next appropriate person in line, you know, uh, you know, I do this podcast is, is pure, uh, Truly, is a um, you know a passion thing. I have some great sponsors. V Spots, one of them, you know the Keller's Garden Center, Axel Rad, and and uh, Active Development. But it, you just it just takes one person to maybe hear this and and you know introduce me to the next person. Uh, you never know. You, you really don't. I mean, I'm working with an artist right now um, on a. I hate the word manager. Like I'm, I don't manage anybody, but like a development deal um, called Lale, 
assist. Yeah. They're great. Like, has a radio-ready single to go. And that's from, I was at launch music conference and was cornered by somebody just talking my ear off. And I don't remember the person. They were very lovely. They did like a puppet show on Twitch, like just something that I couldn't help them with. Like, I'm sure they're amazingly talented, but they had me cornered. I missed, at launch, they play songs, but blind. So you have no idea whose song it is. And people on the panels all get together and they, they review them. And I missed that song that was playing by Lael. Hirsch was standing next to me and was like, yo, 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 listen to this song. And now your listeners, if they've heard your episode with Hirsch, I haven't. But if they have, um, maybe you know that like Hirsch doesn't really like much. No, he's like, a miserable You know, like it's like Mob Deep and like Tribe Called Quest. Like he's very specific into, yeah. into what he likes. And he for him to like pick out something that he thought was good. And he was like, you got to go find out who that song was. Like, they're great. So I just like, I don't really care. So I was just like, yo, who was that? And like the person raised their hand. I was like, come on, let's, let me hear the song. Sorry, I missed it. And they played it for me. And I was like, this is like, if MGK wasn't manufactured, like it's like really good, like pop punk, but with hip hop influences, like really good, awesome, you know, instrumentals, awesome lyrics, catchy um the look is there the artist was just like there but like we're talking basement level starting right like a couple listeners like no like not even a facebook page like but the song is there and like that song is the hardest thing to get mm -hmm. so right from that moment i was just like all right so listen are you performing this weekend no i didn't get selected to perform okay well we're performing and you're opening our our emo night tonight you know to a couple hundred people great that builds a little bit of a relationship i get to see them live good live show needs some work but but very good okay great you're gonna uh if you want to you can open for us next week at a sold out show at state college okay great bring it out there that's you know get in front of did the work got the social media working got it pumping blah blah, blah. i saw the person wanted to put in work got out there stomped the 600 person crowd They've opened every single emo night we've done so far. And just like, it's an easy fit. There's not a band. It's one person. Hirsch can DJ the tracks. There's a single there. We're, we're developing it. We're building it. Um, if all goes as planned, there's kind of a, a little record um, contract in the, in the works. Like there's, there's things in the work there, but that all came from being at a conference and taking the time to submit it, not getting picked to play the conference, but still choosing to show up and pay to submit your song mm -hmm. for people to listen to and review and what that, you know, incrementally, like it's like 10 bucks, like to submit it or whatever, but taking that extra step to do that because you invested in yourself, you know, I'm not going to change this person's life, but I know enough people I can introduce them to that maybe something cool can happen now. Right. But um, if you, if you just got salty and said, Oh, I didn't get picked to perform. I'm not. Yeah. I'm out that I'm done. Who knows where that would go, you know? Yeah, and you know, you you invest ten dollars to make. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying that this person's made millions, but I mean that ten dollars has. Yeah, I've been paying them to open for us, so they're yeah, they're, they made they're that back money. Yeah. yeah, well, more than tenfold, but which is great. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, scumbag, so it's tenfold, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's it's I mean, it it 
it only takes one. And I'm I'm a huge okay. believer in that, and I, I subscribe to that uh, wholeheartedly. Um, because you just never know. You never know who's in the room. You never know who knows who. And it's just it's uh, it's one reason you got to do the right things and and just be cool. I watched um, Small Town Titans get signed at Millennium Music Conference, like right on the stage, like right person, right time, walked into like, I don't know what it was called at the time. There used to be a hardware bar in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, like on the side of the road. It was like their big like flagship place. It was like a standalone. There was like a casino at one point, like, but um, they were playing to like six people. And it just so happened that the right person was there from the right label. And was like, I watched the person's eyes like light up and then like immediately pull them off stage. And like, that was the start of like, that development deal that led to like that Grinch song and all that stuff that went on. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know how you don't like break your neck turning it when that guy, you know, starts singing. Yeah, they're phenomenal. <laughs> when you see him, it's like, that's coming out of that. Like what? Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, down, down to a bunch of stuff. I mean, um, the, the guys from black tie stereo, modern ties did a ton of work with a good friend of mine. Um, Steve, um, slow bosley hoping that was it came out right um but steve from punchline um had a really cool company that helped with uh um crowds funding and he like i i hooked them up um they did a ton of work with them it, it was great but all that comes from like like i ran into steve and he told me about this company he was doing and then we we're sitting around at the conference and i introduced them and it took off and then they like they modernized like did some dates with punchline like it, it ended up being a whole thing. Um, so it's just, you, you kind of want to try. <laughs> and it's hard for everybody. Like I pop off sometimes if people are dicks, like, but you want to try to like at least stay in good graces with anybody that you can. Just like, that's a rule for life, right? Not even yeah. like, you never know yeah. where a connection can be made. Like if those guys were dicks and they were like, hey, like, like I think they asked me, they're like, do you know anything about crowdfunding? And I was like, no, I don't know anything about crowdfunding you know like aside from gofundme is a thing yeah, but this guy does um but i do yeah but i know this guy but if like that was like somebody that had like shit on me because they didn't get nominated for like best blue man group impersonator like right i would have been like no nah, i don't know anything about it you know what i mean <laughs> like and just nah. walked away no nah, so, bro no nah. yeah so yeah and and you know you mentioned modern ties black tie stereo uh, they were, I know that they had uh, dates booked in uh, 2020 to have uh, some showcases or sets at, at South by Southwest. Yep. You know, obviously COVID fucked that entire year up. And, um, you know, that kind of, uh, you could easily have, you know, either taken a break that year or you know, taking a break or, and then never came back, but you know, you guys still pushed through in 2020, um, you know, keeping the conference alive and obviously working with the V spot, uh, and the the venues associated with the, that, that weekend. Um, you know, how, talk about that. I mean, that, that, that year had to be a, a weird year and, and that could have been a, a, almost like a defining moment, uh, good or bad. That could have been like, yeah, it's, it's, we're not doing this year. And then, like a lot of things like tradition, right? Like you never let tradition uh, die because once you let it die, it just kind of fizzles out. Right. Yep. Talk about that year and, and kind of, 
I, maybe pivotal to a to a degree. Yeah, without a doubt. So that was like a hundred percent. You just you basically summed it up there. It was like, do we do this? Yeah, let's do it. Or, or well, first it was like, no, we're not gonna like gonna do it. And then it was like, well, if we don't do it, will we ever do it again? Like, will it ever happen again? Like, will I, if I don't have to deal with the headache for one year, will I want the headache ever again? You know what I mean? Of like, and that's not the head, like saying that I don't love doing it. Of course. But there's a lot of people that have opinions on everything. So it's like, if I feel what, if I can feel what it feels like to not listen to everybody's opinions and be judged and and be dragged through the internet streets for one year, <laughs> yeah. am I going to come back and take the, the Cersei uh, walk of shame from yeah. Game of Thrones again. Yep. Am I going to put myself through that? I, like right now, I'm used to doing it every year. It's going to happen. I mean, it's just a matter of time till it happens. But man, if I take that break and I don't do it, maybe it'll feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like, we have to do something. And a lot was thrown around. Like, are we going to do it um, just like over Zoom? Like, like let everybody come into a Zoom and do it. Or is it going to be like a YouTube video we do or part of a podcast? Or what are we going to do? And um, Vinny and Frank stepped up, um, you know, some of my favorite people in the world. And they were like, let's do it. And uh, they're like, we trust you. Like, do it. And um, we, we found a safe way to do it. We just did a couple tickets. We did outside seating. We did super spaced out inside. The bands came in. They performed. They wore masks till they were on stage. They performed. They left. Um, nobody, to my knowledge, got sick from it, you know, through that. I think we took every precaution we possibly could, um, you know, and, and we made it happen. And, and you know, it was, uh, it was a whole different world to do. We, we basically produced a TV show because, like, there were, there were 30 people there. Yeah. But there were a thousand viewers online, right? Mm-hmm. Um and we we put on a major production of 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 TV or streaming or however you want to put it. Um it felt cool to do. I don't ever want to do it again. Right. But um it was great, you know, knock on wood, we don't ever have to. But I actually forgot about how remote that also was because I was I was there and I remember being outside with my wife and and uh at that time you had in order to have a drink you had to buy food. Yes. So I remember uh, we were outside at a table um and it was it was scarce. It was you know Denny and Frank like you said they 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 put the tent up outside the tables available uh, ample seating and 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 the spaced out all that kind of stuff and following the rules. Um but I actually forgot how how uh, remote that actually was. So yeah, yeah I, mean, it was, I think there were there were fifteen people allowed inside, right? And we had seating for like less than twenty outside, and we had a big TV out there and and a little sound system to play the music. And yeah, it was um, there was something else. It it, it 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 was great. You know, hats off to everybody that helped because I didn't know how to do ninety percent of it. So so it was great. I appreciate everybody. Yeah, that's where uh, an example of the internet being a blessing and not a curse, because I strongly feel that it is a blessing and a curse. Oh, without a doubt. Without 50, a doubt. Yeah. 51% curse. Yeah, I would go higher. 55. I would go higher too, but I just wanted to give the benefit of the doubt. So, yeah. yeah it's, it's definitely worse <laughs> than it is good. Way worse, yeah. <laughs> to a degree, right? But yeah, so you made it through that. It's like now it's like, well, 
if we did that, we got to keep going, right? Yep, hundred percent. And then it's like, then you hit year eight, and it's like, well, can't stop till till year ten. Uh, you know, and now we hit year ten, and uh, my wife actually asked me, she's like, "You can keep doing it," and I was like, "I don't know," you know. And then like two <laughs> days later, she's like, "You can keep doing it," and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, we gotta go fifteen now." Right. I challenged myself. Like I remember after the first year, I was like, "If we could do five, make this sustainable for five years, self-sustainable after five years, like that would be a wild accomplishment." And then year five, I was like. It would be nuts because none of these things, there's very few. Like I've I've spoken at and I know people who have ran music conferences. Going 10 years is like almost unheard of. Like Millennium Music Conference went like 30 in Harrisburg, which is incredible. Launches on year 15. Um, We're on year 10. Nobody else in the Northeast has left. There used to be one in Cape May. There used to be one in New Haven, Connecticut. There used to be one at the Jersey Shore. Yeah. At the Cape May's Jersey Shore. But there used to be another Jersey Shore one. There were multiple ones in Philly that are gone. Um, somebody tried to start one last year. I don't know how it went or if it's gonna come back. Um, it was it was big production. Um, so I think it was expensive to put on. Um, and there there's just I've seen so many come and go and like amazing people that are so talented more so than myself putting them on. Um, it's just, uh, the labor of love. Like I think people see it and you see anybody do something like, like we're, I'm a promoter. So like you're going to put out and try to make everything look as big and as bad as possible. But like, it's not like, this isn't something you're going to get rich off of. So I think people see that they want to jump in. They see the work that goes into what the, what it comes down to. And don't use it like, like this is for me a leverage point for everything else I do for the rest of the year, right? Like mm -hmm. bands, venues, it's a way to connect. It's a way to build relationships. It's a way to give back. Um, we do a ton of charity work. Like we do all this stuff and we're able to pack it into three days um, to give every person that I like actually like a hug, you know, like th these are chances to do all this. Um, so there's so many other benefits that you have to weigh that when you're doing this, it's not a you're not getting rich. You're you're not making money off of off of running a music conference. Anybody will tell you that. Mm -hmm. um, it's ways to give favors to bands. It's ways to give favors to agents, and build relationships for other things. And that's from the bands playing it to the venues putting it, being part of it to me putting it on to people that write about it to people that that do podcasts. Like it's all about relationship building from from the top to the bottom. Would you recommend? Doing one, the idea, you know, you mentioned the different different areas, and like you mentioned Cape May, and I just thought about the beach. Like, I wish there were more events like this in different different areas because I do think it's important. And I mean, maybe I see it differently because I'm I, I love music and I love the promotion of it, and I love the the discovery and all that kind of stuff. Like, would you recommend someone, you know, one day saying, "Hey, like, I want to I want to start this," like? Which there's places I there's places I think would be perfect for it. Um, I don't want to do it, but but I right. think if somebody wanted to do one in, in Pittsburgh, Maybe someone younger, someone much younger, yeah, <laughs> way younger. Um, so ten years ten years younger, to be exact. But um, I think Pittsburgh would be a great place for it. Um, I think Ocean City, Maryland, would be a great place for one. Um, I would love to see the singer songwriter conference come back to um, Cape May. I think that was like that was awesome. There's not a lot of big band rooms there. So they always did singer songwriter, um, conference there. 
New Haven was like the most perfect city for one. Um, it was just, it's just a college town, so it's hard to get all if you're completely re- reliant on college kids for your bar sales. It's hard to get them to buy into original music for a whole weekend. Um, there's uh, there's a lot of places that would be great for one, and yeah, I think I think they're great, but it, you have to. It's it's going to take a, a certain type of person to do it. Like you can't be too fresh, because if you're like like a new upstart kid who's trying to cut his teeth, like you don't have the connections to get speakers in there. Sure, you know, like because no speaker, like you can't. You had the there has to be a reason that a speaker is going to come. They have to they have to be getting something from you or or, or like like you enough or like you have to have these relationships built. Like if you just reach out to Joe Schmo from some big agency and ask him to come or record label or something, they're just gonna be like. No, like I don't get like half the like I ask probably three hundred people a year to come, and you know I get who I get right, like right. you know a couple of people that that year they have time to come. Um, so you have to like have a certain foot in the door. You have to be you know at a certain level. So like yeah, ten years younger than me. If you're twenty eight, thirty, been doing it for a little bit, have a good reputation, like go for it. Um, yeah, try you know I. I would. I think it would be good. Um, I really like for years thought of trying to do one in Ocean City. I just don't think you also have to. It's a certain place, right? Like so, the venues that we have, there's a lot of people that own bar that just happen to own bars in Scranton that love music. Yeah, that's not happening everywhere. Like the Nasser brothers from the backyard alehouse never have to have music in that room ever. Nope. They never have to. There, there's no reason. It doesn't do them any benefit to their to their bar financially. They're the most popular bar in Scranton. You know, DJ, whatever. But they never have to have a band in there. They do it way more often than I would if I was them because they love music. They're music lovers. They're music supporters. They love the city. They love musicians. Musicians love them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they just happen to be music lovers and musicians who opened a really good bar and are really good businessmen are really good at branding and and have a great product right but they don't have to have have music they do it because they love it right right um vinny's a music bar he doesn't need to be part of it but he loves music so he's like yeah it's really cool one weekend to bring bands from all over the country to play in my room like i love to check out new music that's a unique thing you know he has his staples well i mean, I mean vinny's a special obviously a special character um in that he's no dummy um loves music and he's been supporting local music and, and beyond since they opened in 2010 right yeah. obviously they have a great they have great staff great drinks great great food i mean they're they're far more than just bar food oh without a doubt um well yeah. that's what i'm saying Vinny has a great business he doesn't need me right right he doesn't need the electricity music yep. conference he doesn't yep. need the steve town music awards like but he's like are, all in he's like yeah 100 Vinny is like outside Vinny is like just short like i talk to Vinny constantly on the phone like he's just short of like like a, like i value his opinion more than most people's yeah so like he gets calls from me all the time and 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 opinions and we we talk about bands and we talk about music um and we just bs so like He's all in on it. He's like the biggest supporter. And that's why like it'll never the Steamtown Music Awards have grown huge and we keep expanding our footprint at the V spot, but it's never leaving. And every year he says to me, he's like, I understand you have to leave this year. I'm like, dude, when you throw me out, we'll leave. But the first year I wanted to do the Steamtown Music Awards, I went to every bar in Scranton because I didn't know Vinny yet. And I asked every bar in Scranton because I wanted it to be downtown. 
And everybody said, no, it's a dumb idea. Nobody will come. Or, you know, that was some people. Some people were just like, I just don't think it's for us. Like, I don't, you know, it's, it's, it wouldn't work. Well, uh, whatever it may be, Vinny, without hesitation, said, that sounds fucking cool. Let's do it. And we did it. And the rest is history. And he's yeah. been a super supporter of it. So we're there until we get thrown out. Um, it's not going anywhere. It's not going no. anywhere else. Um, well, there used to be a bar downtown that wasn't part of the conference, but it was a really popular bar and it was a really big bar and it was a historic bar down. Well, it was in a historic building. Um, and the owner every year would come to me and be like, cause I really would have liked it. And we would have probably turned a profit on one or two conferences if they were part of the conference. Cause they were really popular. And they're gone now. But they would say to me, if you move the music awards here and give us the music awards, because they should be here, then you can do the conference here too. And we never put the conference in there because I wouldn't give them the awards because it just wasn't going to happen. Like, if somebody's loyal to me, I'm loyal I'm to them. Loyal. Yeah. 100%. And, and talk about that. So we're in year 10. Um, and I know I know we've lost venues along the way. We, we've lost Stage West. Uh, most recently, we lost uh, a Peculiar Slurp Shop, which was like a, an acoustic uh, performance venue type of thing for the, the conference. Every year, it seems there, there, there's, there are no added venues. It, it, you're constantly dealing with less venues. Um, yeah, to an extent. So there, like this year, the focus was quality over quantity. Um the V spot, the bog, the backyard ale house are, and, and peculiar was amazing, but it was a restaurant and we were, we had music in there and it, and it was awesome. And it was packed. And Gene is one of my favorite people in the world. Yeah. Um, excluding them, but we, uh, those are the three core bars every year, no matter what, right? right. Everybody else has always been icing on the cake. You know what I mean? Those those bars always carry it. Um, and and this year, uh, there was a couple places that reached out that wanted to jump in. Um, last year, we added a bunch, and they just didn't work out. Uh, Mike Barisa's bar, I don't think it's there anymore. Um, from what I heard, from what I yeah, read in the news. I think I saw a post, but um, they were great. We had you know music over there, but it was just kind of off the beaten path. It didn't work great for us. Um, but he jumped on full steam last year was all about it. Great supporter of it last year. The bands loved it there. That's where like the crates yeah. got found by, by yeah. everybody. Yeah. Um, I heard that. And it was awesome. And I wish they were still there, but they're not here. So like that was another loss. Um, peculiar. We lost this year. Um, we did the Moon Tavern up in Dixie City last year. Kind of tried that out. Um, and it, again, great venue. Does music all the time. Great, great people up there. It just, it's tough to tell a band you're coming to play in downtown Scranton and then put them six miles up the road in Dixie city it, at, in a hotel at the hotel. Yeah, yeah. Where there can't be a cover charge. You're kind of no lying. offense. No offense to, I, I, no. His name. I apologize. Yeah, for they do. Name. They do an awesome business yeah, there. Great, great stuff. Yeah. They don't built in business. It's just 100%. tough to do that. Like if you're going to send somebody up there, it has to be something special. Yep. That's why we put bands at the fair. So there's bands at the fair, you know? Um, cause that's like, you're playing at a huge stage to a, to a fair crowd. Like that's awesome. Um, it didn't make sense there. Uh, we are adding, um, I guess I could break it here because it'll post tomorrow morning. Um, oh, in, the a few, Ritz, in a few days. So, like, Friday. Uh, well, we'll post tomorrow morning. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Old news. We're, old news. Yeah, we're adding the Ritz Theater 
Oh, cool. Um, That's awesome. So Friday night, we'll have uh, Taylor Swift night there. Um, the Taylor party, big national Taylor Swift night. And oh, then um, on Saturday, we'll have Schism, the Tool tribute band there. That's awesome. So um, that'll be added this year, um, which is which is cool. And then we're adding um, Shake's Place, which is the Scranton Shakespeare Festival has a venue inside the Steamtown Mall or the Marketplace, Steamtown Marketplace now. Um, and they have a performance space in there and they asked to be part of the venue. So it's an all age spot. So we're able to put some younger bands in there um, from like four to seven. We'll have some acts in there. So a couple, a couple of the younger bands we're able to put in there. Um, and we're trying, just trying some stuff out. A couple, they're like more like partnerships. Like, you know, like uh, we're partnering with uh, Dan Millennial promotion, Steve Masterson on the two shows of the Ritz. Um, buddy of mine. And then the Shakespeare um, festival reached out and they're like, we have this venue. We would love to just like be part of it and support it. Um, and like exchange for some advertising and stuff. And, you know, we are doing that partnership with them and we'll see how it goes. It, it could be cool. It could be a disaster. Like, I don't know. It's in, a, it's in the mall. So we'll see how it goes. I won't know till, till we try it, but there's really cool bands in there. Some cool young bands. And um, otherwise they wouldn't be able to take part in the conference because we don't, don't have anywhere else all age anymore. So, right. Yeah. It'll be neat. But yeah, we've lost a lot of great, great venues along the way. Well, I mean, it, it seems like you adapt, right? Um, yeah. You know, adding new spaces, adding stuff you wouldn't normally do. And I think that's what um, kind of separates um, success from failures is, is taking risks and taking, you know, um, the, you know, doing things people, other people wouldn't do. We've done stuff that, uh, well, like, we've taken risks and it didn't work. Let's talk about I mean, like, last year. We like we we rolled the whole like weekend into the NEPA fair. Like that was. Um, I remember when I heard it. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I, well, I don't, I'm I'm confused. I mean, it's it's it's, it's like you said six miles from Scranton downtown. Um, obviously, you know, you work with Matt Kester, um, you know, trying to do different, again, another person trying to do different things in, in the area, NAPA fair, it's a beautiful stage, um, beautiful sound, um, the, the, the video boards behind them. And I, I know we had, uh, people like Justin from out development last year, working with him on, on, on sound and Kyle and, and all these different people that are so supportive of things that happen in this area. But like, end of the day, it's like, oh, you rolled it into this music conference into the NAPA fair. Again, kind of, kind of bizarre to a degree, right? But like, hey, let's let's let's, yeah. let's see if we can make this a bigger weekend. So talk about that a little bit, because I'm, yeah, I, I wouldn't consider that a failure. That that one, no, not a failure. But that, I'm just just taking the risks and taking those those yeah, chances. Yeah, we 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 tried some new Kester. Um, called me. You know, Matt and I work on a lot together. Um, a lot of like what what I do and what a lot of people do that, you know, there's certain stuff we put out publicly. Like you're seeing what I want you to see like on social media, just like anybody else. And I don't, you know, I don't know that a lot of people see the division the there. Um, but I'm doing stuff, you know, business-wise and, and professionally that, you know, deals and stuff that nobody ever sees. Like that's, that has nothing to do with Scranton even. And Matt and I do a lot of business together. Um, 
if I have an opportunity to put somebody on from that area and give them business somewhere, like that has nothing to do with Scranton, I do that. Um, I use Scranton vendors everywhere. And uh, he called me six months before that and was just like, Joe, I want to do this fair. I don't want to like step on your toes of the weekend, but it's the only weekend available at the drive-in. I said, Matt, do it. Like, go for it. It's not, you know, gonna, like they're two different crowds. Like, go for it. And he's like, no, I don't want to like, like, cause he works on the conference, you know, like, like sure. for sound, I, I use them. And he was like, well, what can we do to partner together? And I was like, I'll help you in any way I can, Matt, you know? So um, we, we came up with a structure and a deal and, you know, booked a couple of the bands last year and, and um, it was cool. I mean, the production was unbelievable. Um, the crowd appreciated that. I'm sure. Oh, without a doubt. And the, and the crowds were, were great and the bands were all happy. And um, I mean, we, it was really cool because we we gave the Lifetime Achievement Award to old friends and then they performed up there on Sunday as like a headline thing. It was awesome. It, it all tied everything together. Great. We did the um, panels up there and like blew some national people's socks off that landed some sound gigs and landed some, you know, other gigs like, like, like down the East Coast, you know, for different people that were, you know, came in to speak, hired Matt, like all kinds of different stuff happened from it. It was cool. But I mean, we've tried stuff like that that didn't work. Like we fenced off Thirsty's parking lot and brought in like all these food trucks and stuff the one year and did the rods out there and like a couple other people. Yeah. And it just didn't hit. Um, and then we've done the rod sense and they killed. It just, that was a big risk that didn't hit, but you don't know until you try it. Right. Um, right. and, uh, we've done, we've done a bunch of stuff that didn't work. Um, you know, eventually down the road, like as we move forward, like my ultimate goal for this, and I've said this for years now would be for the conference to just be a hundred percent free. Like there not to be any, any admission anywhere. Like, so it could just be completely free. And I would love to put, um, bands on the square. Yeah. Playing all day for free. Right. Like on each corner of the square, like, like rotating like a clock, like that's the ultimate dream and goal. Um, and I never really had connections into the like that world of what it would take to make that happen. Um, recently, I got asked to be on um, the arts panel for the city of Scranton to meet with the mayor like once a quarter. And it hasn't happened yet, but I'm going to be on this thing. Um, so maybe that's something we could do down the road. I think that would be really cool. They, they, they've taken an interest in the conference. Um, people in the past, like I think Paige is great. Um, there's been other administrations that more tried to like, be like, we'll do this, but like, you have to like run the bands by us and stuff. And I'll never give up that say on it. Like it would have to be like, you know, I still have final approval on the artists, but yeah. I mean, they're going to want like a Bruce Springsteen tribute band. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing yeah, wrong with yeah, that. No. But, but yeah. So like if, if, if somebody wanted to come and support, you know, original music, regional artists, national artists, like I would be totally into it. I would love to partner with the city on it. The state, um, I mean, we've had like, like Kyle Mullins state representative is like presented awards at the music awards before, you know, like we, we've had buy-in from a lot of people. Um, and if, if somebody wants to give up, that would be like the ultimate goal of the conference to become, um, more like the, uh, the jazz festival where it's like, if we could, but I would want to do it more. I don't know. I, I think it's amazing. I don't have the patience or the bandwidth with everything else I do to try to like apply for grants 
and like be a nonprofit and do that. Like, I would love to just get like one really big sponsor. That's just like, I love music. I love Scranton. I see the value in this. I see the exposure in this. Here's a check, pay all the bands, pay all the sound and put this on for free. And like, I wouldn't need to make a cent. Yeah. Like I would be a hundred percent in on it. Like I don't need to make anything. Like if we could do it for free, do it right. And take care of everybody that would need to be taken care of. Like I would, 100% sign on for that just to have the creative control to do it. Um, but I just can't do that in a factor of like, I just don't have time to fill out grants and become a nonprofit and do all that stuff. I would just want to do it where there's a sponsor that wants to take care of it, you know? So let's call them out right now. Net Federal Credit Union. Let's open okay. up those wallets. Let's uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Open oh, up those wallets. Dunkin' Donuts would be great. Come on, Dunkin' Donuts. I'm going to need America coffee from runs on. Du- Caviston runs on Duncan. Oh, Caviston is if just, you've been quiet about Duncan recently, but you were for a while there. You were you're uh, an avid been, uh, Duncan goer. You've been good uh, to me lately. I haven't had a complaint. Yeah, you know, complaints. Right? That's good. That's good news. It's good. Good uh, business. But you know the Electric City Music Conference runs on Duncan. That sounds fucking great. Let's Amazing, go. Let's right? Like, uh, is UPMC invading you guys up there yet? Um, they're making a push for you guys. Like, I feel like healthcare just has endless amounts of money because they're just like stealing yeah. it all from us and keeping us sick. Yeah, and see, I don't. Well, let's not get into. I'm that. just starting. I, I'm going down to your Joe Rogan, buddy. Uh, buddy you know what? No, I'm just kidding. But no, I, I love. Well, I love all healthcare, but I would love for a healthcare sponsor to come in and and do that. Um, or an insurance. Like, they're the people that have the money to do that right now. Um, like. Penn State Health, or uh, I don't know who you guys have up there. Um, Geisinger. Geisinger, yeah, Geisinger. Geisinger presents the Electric City Music Conference. The University of Scranton presents Steamtown Music Awards. You They're know, right like, there. They're right there. Yeah, like There's, something like that, like where you're you're reinvesting into that. Invest in your downtown. Invest in the people that take care of you. Let's go. That's that's what I would, what I would love. That's like the – so like that's the 15-year goal, you know, making it to 10 years with a 10 year goal. How do we get there yeah. now? Like, I think it's, it's, um, it's an institution, you know, not to sound, you know, too braggadocious there, but it's something that like people are aware of to, you know, in the circle that need to be aware of it. Right. Like we're not La Festa. Right. But people look forward to it every year that are in a certain community. And I think now it becomes like, what's the next iteration of the, of the m- music conference and, and how do we do it bigger, better, evolve? Like I've always wanted to. I mean, we have a, a comedian playing this year. We've done a music, uh, a movie, um, a movie premiere before. I, I would love to see it be like like Scranton set up for it, like a little South by Southwest um, mm-hmm. in Scranton, um, where it's all kinds of arts. You know, it can become, it can evolve and, and grow into these different things. Um, and I think that's where the next five years go. Hopefully, you use the word braggadocious, and uh, I need to let you know that 14 years ago today on Facebook, I made a post. This is back when uh, it would say like John Popko, and then you would fill in the blank almost like an an ad lib. Mm -hmm. So, John Popko doesn't want to be braggadocious. New word heard in a meeting. Let's see how it works. 14 years ago to the day. <laughs> I love that. I was actually at a Chicago at a, at a conference. 
conference. Oh, no, tie it all in. Is that as a newspaper conference? Ooh, uh, any those, weekender days. Yeah, those are now uh, almost extinct. But uh, that's how we met, John. Yeah, it, um, yeah. I was your sure. intern for a day. Well, I don't, I don't remember that day because I was not. Uh, I interviewed I was, with you. I don't think so. Hundred percent, I did. Well, you I'm sent me to you sent me to G Club Ten. Oh, okay. I don't think you didn't interview with me though. You did not interview with me. Hundred percent. I interviewed with interviewed. you. Interviewed. You interviewed with me. Well, I mean, Carm Winters walked me and introduced me to you. You said you needed an intern. You asked me a couple questions. You handed me off to Steve. Well, then I went back, filled the paperwork at East Stroudsburg, came back. You handed me off to Steve Husted. Yeah. Um, I think I met Rachel, and then you sent me to G Club Ten, and I said in my paper that there was a car show. Yeah. To, okay. to to do like photos or whatever, and it benefited a great cause. I'm sure it did. Yeah. It uh, did. Fighting Zero played. Um, no surprise. Yeah. Um, I did. Uh, did the photos. They ran. Um, I turned in my paperwork to East Stroudsburg, and they made me quit. Man, what could have been? Because it was a because it was a strip club. Joe Caveston, what could have been? Joey Weekender. You could have been. You could have been an entirely different person. I could. I could have been. We don't know. We don't know. You. You we don't. Been it was one a day. Person. It was one day. Is all I got. Like, all I got through. You, you. You like the conference never would have happened. You wouldn't be involved in that. You would have been like. Oh my God! I've been traveling the world with Fighting Zero. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we get off the rails, and I and I do kind of want to. Oh, side note to that though. Yeah. Um, Sunday, walk a couple blocks over to this little breakfast spot that my wife and I go to with Joey. So we walked over and we're sitting there eating breakfast, and this guy walks in in a bright white. uh, Fighting zero shirt, sweatshirt. No, white sweatshirt. It says, uh, "It's the lyrics to I Miss You' from uh, Blink One Eight Two on it, and it says sure. Blink One Eight Two on the back." So he walks by, and I like catch him out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, "That guy looks familiar." And my wife goes, "I really like that sweatshirt." And I look at it, and I go, "Wait, no, no, we're in, we're in Camp Hill, you know." We walk away, and I'm like, "That was Steve Husted." And I like we're a couple blocks away at that point, and I like I texted him, and I was like, "Are you in Camp Hill?" Now I haven't texted Stephen. 15 years and i was like yeah. are you in camp hill right now at the camp hill cafe no free ads and he's like yeah i'm recording like with a buddy of mine down here like blah blah blah. i was like i just saw you and he's like well i didn't say hi i was like sorry like we were on our way out the door with the kid or whatever um so yeah i uh i had no idea that the guy that i almost interned for was eating breakfast at the same place as me too yeah he and i had it falling out oh i'm sorry Wait, you can cut this yeah. part no, i don't but, care about that yeah, <laughs> but all, all, so everything that's, that's outside. Is, he's, getting, he's getting free, free ads. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I worked for him for free for fucking three years. So, uh, fuck that. Well, everything else aside, just a really dope sweatshirt is what the, the moral of the story is that I really uh, need. What he part said. Of, he, part yeah. of me is sad that he's wearing a dope sweatshirt because it was, it was really dope. Yeah, there's limited edition, only available at the tour. I've tried to reconnect with Steve a few times um, because I won't get into the details, but we had a little bit of falling out. Um, obviously I have, uh, my version and I feel the way I feel for a reason, but you know, as an adult, I, I said, maybe, maybe there's a, another side to the story. Maybe there's a, a version that I don't see. So I, I want to extend 
the opportunity to the person I'm in the, uh, the confrontation with uh, an invite to hear their side of the story. Yeah. Cause I'm not right. hundred percent of the time, obviously. Uh, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, it just, uh, it was received with uh yeah, let's, let's do this, whatever. And it was blown off and blown off and rescheduled and blown off and rescheduled and blown off. And I got to the point where I'm like, you know what, maybe, maybe my version of this, the story is exactly how uh, it is. So uh, it is what it is. You know, you, you gain people, you lose people, and some people are just shitheads. This is life. But um, before we get off the rails, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Sorry. Little, but like, no, no, I want to, because I want to talk to you about really quickly about, I mean, I want to keep you all night. I'm sure I, you and I don't talk a lot, right? Like, I'll stay here forever, John. It's, it's, it's once, a, once a year almost, it seems. Maybe, you know, here and there. But, um, you know, let's talk about year one versus year 10. I mean, what can uh, we expect differently? I know you started making a bunch of different announcements today. Uh, again, it's August 8th. You'll probably be making more as the week goes on before this actually gets aired. But talk about, you know, what people can expect year 10, the Electric City Music Conference, the Steamtown Awards, all that kind of fun shit. Yeah, I mean, year one, <clears throat> I don't know who really took part in it at this point but it, it wasn't good um we we and we brought in <laughs> we went headliners heavy the first year um i remember jamie drastic who like was on pitbull's record label at the time he had a bunch of big big songs in that project x movie like showed up and like killed was just like we didn't know this was happening even though there's like 30 emails and like just wasn't able to play he like stormed out um Endless Mike and the Beagle Club played somewhere. That was a really good show. Um, but it was the Gay Blades played at the Banshee. Like, really good show, but financially disaster. I remember it was like two days before, and I was like, Ken, like, w- you set up the the sound systems, right? And, like, we didn't have sound, like, booked. So, like, if you try to book a, um, a sound company for 12 rooms on three days' notice, it's going to get expensive. Um, so like, I remember sitting there at the end of it and we were like going through the, through the numbers and we made like $31 and it was like, awesome. And then it was like, we forgot to pay the two door guys or no, we forgot to pay a door guy. So it was like 25 bucks gone. And we like made like $8 or something like dumb like that. And this is my buddies always make fun of me for this story, but it's like, we had enough to get an order of cheese fries at the glider diner and split them that's it the first year that that was it it was just it wasn't good but but i learned so much like i literally always say that year we learned everything not to do right now it's like it's a whole different game i'm older i've done a lot of other things so this year's gonna be great we're super excited um the v spot has killer lineups there we have um the pink spiders headlining one night um and uh those guys had a huge single like top 10 hit um, back in like 2010 called Hey, Hey, their little, Ra- or Hey, Hey, little razor blade headline warp tour toured with like everybody from 30 seconds to Mars, the fallout boy, a ton of different bands. So I'm super excited about that. They're like one of my favorite bands. Um, we haven't announced it yet, but I'll break it here. We're doing an emo night with them that night. Um, at the V spot, we'll announce that after our, our show on Friday, but, um, we're doing a special punk goes set. So we're only going to play things off the punk goes albums, like the punk, punk goes pop and blah blah right, blah right. um so a special set of that the magwas are playing that show 
It's going to sell out. If if you're interested in any of that, like get your tickets now. Um, Saturday, Death Valley Dreams is headlining at the V Spot. They just like slayed the Jazz Cafe, packed it out. So like we're super excited for that show. Um, probably going to announce another like really cool band on that show that we haven't announced yet. Um, I just don't want to say anything because we haven't signed contracts yet, but that could be really cool. Uh, we have Taylor Swift night on Friday at the Ritz. That's like been on sale for a couple of weeks already. We just didn't announce it as part of the conference yet. Cause we had to go on sale for contractual reasons packed. We just, uh, finalized schism tool tribute today. That's a really cool show. We're doing a nineties versus 2000 night. Um, Hirsch and I with fat beats at, um, the ale house on Saturday. Um, our last two shows with that have sold out. So that'll be a really good one. Friday night, Elephants Dancing is headlining at the Backyard Ale House with a bunch of great bands, including Meet Me on Marcy. That'll be a, a monster show. Those guys are killing it up and down the East Coast right now. Neil Rubenstein, uh, comedian, but like tours with musicians. Like he was just out with Motor City Soundtrack. He's been on your podcast. Um, that was, I watched that episode, John. Oh, we got one. Sweet. That, 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 I watched that one. That That was... That was a, that was one. Um, and then I, uh, so he's going to headline, uh, Friday night there. He just had like an off date and I was like, just, just play, man. He just did adjacent festival with link one, eight, two. Like he, he does that all the time. So it should be cool. Um, yeah, we, we have a great lineup on Saturday at the bog, just a lot of great bands that I'm super excited with coming through. Um, that's great. You can buy a hopper pass at electriccitymusiccomference.com to get you in everywhere, or you can buy, uh, tickets to individual shows or just pay at the door really um, aside from the ones that might sell out, which will keep people updated online about that. And the music conference kicking it or the music awards kicking it all off on Thursday with um, a killer, killer lineup this year. Yeah. So I'm super excited about that. At the V spot. At the V spot. Yep. Cool, man. Listen, I'm going to piss really quick. Go for it. And then we're going to get into all the good stuff. Awesome. Post, you post, go right there if you post, want. Post, yeah. One second. I'm back. Sorry. Yeah, but I mean, you know, we you're 10. I mean, it sounds like um, you know, again, you've adapted, you've uh added great different concepts and different bands, obviously, and just uh yeah, another great weekend of of entertainment and, and bands and all that kind of stuff in Scranton. And what what's uh what are the dates on that again? September 14th, 15th, and 16th. Now, will you be involved with the uh, fair again at all? Or yep, yeah, the fair's part of it too. Um, awesome lineup up there. We have Nowhere Slow on Thursday. Uh, Saturday is Black Tie Stereo and Modern Ties in Room One Hundred Eight, and then on Sunday is Carly Malfa from um, American Idol and the Little Mermen, um, a Disney tribute band. Um, <laughs> that sounds interesting. Yeah, along with uh, there's some professional wrestling during the day and some like mini yeah. motor um racing stuff um that matt lined up you know during the day for stuff but awesome musical lineup um and fireworks um thursday night so if you love fireworks don't miss those so he's got a, a huge display set up that's but awesome yeah, yeah they're part of it again that's awesome well i guess it's a good segue um you know again you know 10 10 uh, amazing years with the uh Electricity Music Conference and the awards, and uh, I, I know that everyone that's a part of it, and you know people who attend and, and people who have won before, they're all super appreciative of of what you do, and uh, I hope you continue doing it for 
you know, I, I hope, you know, if the one you mentioned is was 30 years, I hope you make it 31. You know, it's just one of those things to kind of hang your head on at the end of the day. And it's kind of what life's about, right? It's just kind of like, you know, just being remembered for, for something or, you know, maybe, you know, it's a, a legacy that you, you leave behind for you know, a kid or whatever it might be. It's just, it's cool to, to have these things in our lives, especially as we get older and, um, well, I, I think, I mean, I think as dads, I think about that a lot, a lot more, right? Like I have a tattoo on my leg right above my knee that says, I just want to sell at my funeral. So it's like, kind of like, you know, twofold there. It's, it's a, it's a cool lyric from one of my yeah. favorite bands, the wonder years. But, um, I think about that more, like when I'm gone, you know, it, it, when you're young, it, you know, I, I was definitely like a, a like a dickhead. 2020 20 to probably 22 years old like i got a lot of in my eyes success early you know like i was kind of like you know all the agents were messing with me like i was getting offers in new york city jobs things like that in the music industry um and i decided to take my own route with it um i thought i was like shit you know what i mean like um yeah. and i was probably i probably was a nightmare to deal with then like i was probably a dick like um there are bigger dicks, but I was probably one. Um, and as you get older, it's like, I try not to like, and I, I, first of all, I try to like realize that kids that age, like, you know, they're full of piss and vinegar too. Cause that was sure. me. Um, so I give people a lot more grace, but also like now it's like, man, if I die tomorrow, like, what do I want these people to tell my son? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like I, I don't want people to be like, yeah, he was a dick. Like he want to do it. Or do I want to be like, <laughs> yeah like this one time like we really wanted to play with this band and your dad like hooked us up or like you know what i mean or like you know we our second show ever was like at an emo night in front of a thousand people because like your dad helped us out you know like that kind of stuff like means more like like selling out that show is whatever but like yeah putting a young band on like that's our one rule that's different from any other emo night is like you have to let a local or an original band open for us like, or we won't play. We just won't do it. So giving that back to to them and seeing that, like, that means more to me than jumping around like a an idiot on stage for three hours for a paycheck. <laughs> like, helping out that band, like, seeing their face means more to me. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. I mean, the, the uh, Emo Nights was, was founded uh, at the Electric City Music Conference. I think it was 2018. Yep, yeah, first one ever. Yeah, it was at the Bog. Uh, if my memory serves me correctly, hundred yeah, percent. I'm, I'm looking at notes. I just, it's all up here. I'm, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a professional, Joe. Nice. Um, <laughs> That's that. Was you're hundred percent there. <laughs> you know, and it was just one of those things that you guys like. Hey, let's 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 try this. And obviously, you know, you're you weren't the first to do it. And I don't know if you got oh. the idea from a different. Hundred percent uh, stole it from you on Night LA. Okay, so you yeah across the country, but whatever. Yeah. At that time, they weren't touring; they were just in L. It was just a party. But that's once a month in L.A. That's what makes it cool. Like you, you know, you you find something that's working. You know, it's not even in your fucking zip code, right? Um, and you you, you kind of steal it or you just kind of copy it, whatever. But yeah, like, so you own. said, let's 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 take this idea. Let's roll. Let's bring it to NEPA. Let's 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 kind of see where it could go. We tested it out at the uh, the conference and. You know, five years later, it's one of the most successful emo nights on the East Coast. Um, you know, you're selling out venues all over the place. 
um i made a joke i forget who to who it was um oh shit I, I should remember this now I, I don't i don't listen but it was definitely uh keith from pine creek academy yes it was <laughs> you only know it because i think i made a clip out of that <laughs> uh you didn't actually listen you just watched the clip it was keith pine creek academy he was opening for emo night yeah. uh and i was just saying like you know um you know no offense to you nope. no no real musical talent right like I mean, the talent uh, unfortunately lies in dj hirsch who i love he did our he did our wedding don't don't give him any credit for anything he's, nah, he's, he's provided me with some uh uh some extra income through different avenues, uh, not truck related. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, but you're, you're on stage, man. Like you are for all intents and purposes, you are that lead member of that project. You're on the stage, you're rocking the mic. You are getting the the audience hyped up. Like I'm flavor flames. I'm yeah, but, flavor flames. But it's funny. Like you, I know you, like I, I've known you for, a lot of years and it's just it's it's interesting to see you and like i know who you are like definitely out of your comfort zone i would imagine right uh yeah to, yeah, to put right. it lightly and it's, it's it's interesting to see you like that because like i i i, I you know back in 2000 whatever it was you were hesitant to, to take photos at a strip club so now you're right. In the parking yeah, lot. In the parking lot, John. In the, yeah, in the parking lot, right? Even, <laughs> even, yeah, even lighter. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, talk about that. I mean, that's got to be pretty. I mean, I've always, I wish, I've always wished I was a musician, right? I always like this, like this, this doing this is like my opportunity to be involved in um, entertainment and, and music and, and things like that. Um, you know, what does, what does that mean to you this emo night and, and you know, where you've been able to take it along with Hirsch and, and be on those stages and see those phones in the air and lit up and it's gotta be wild. Yeah, it, it is. Um, yeah, I, I, I've thought about how, like, I would, I would describe this before. Um, not like when you asked me, but just like in, in life, like I, I think about this a lot because we, we turn this into this thing. Um, and I have such like the utmost respect for actual musicians. Right. And that's like one of the reasons why, like, I realize what we are doing is what we're doing. Right. Like there it's compartmentalized and it is what it is. But at the same time, like outside of like that, it's this, this community that has sprung up around it that like, I love and value so much. So taking that, like you're on the stage and, and I think <laughs> I, I don't want to like, seem like self-deprecating here right so it's like i'm i'm approachable um i'm not a rock star um i'm not like i'm awkward as shit um and i'm not like like i i don't i don't look like this rock star up there right and part of everything we do is we start i start every show by telling the crowd like you are the show tonight we're up here to, to to have a good time with you and to facilitate that. And we're here for you, but you're the show. Um, now, the first five minutes of any night, everybody's like looking around like, what the hell do we do here, right? right. But I think seeing me, who is a little bit awkward, who is approachable, who is just like this normal everyday person up there kind of going nuts on stage and, you know, living my like rock star dream out on there 
breaks down the walls of the people who want to come up on the stage with us and gets them up there quicker. Cause like, if, if I was like this, like, you know, amazing front man who could sing and do that, like if you were cool, like, I mean, that'd be, yeah. If, if I was Jake, a hundred percent, like, you know, that would like, it would be so impressed. It's so impressive to see him up there doing that. Charismatic. I wouldn't want to go up on stage next to him. Sure. Of course. Me, they're just like, yeah, that dude's just me. I can right. get up there and do this. Like I can yeah. do that, you know? And I think that helps get people up there a little bit quicker That's awesome. um, than it would. So yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've learned a couple of tricks of the trade along the way. I think I have some decent stage presence right now, but I'm still awkward. I'm still going to fall every single night, at least twice. Um, there's going to be a minor injury the next day um, that I'm like nursing. Um, You'll mispronounce a name somewhere. I'm going to mispronounce all the names. Um, <laughs> so that's just going to happen. Uh, I'm going to sing the wrong part of a song and mine likes the one that's on that everybody hears. Like, it's just going to happen. Or like, Hershey's going to like decide to change a song real quick. And I'm going to be like, who's ready for some Take It Back Sunday? And like, Yellow Card's going to play. And like, right. that's just going to happen. And part of the charm to it i think a little bit it makes us approachable um people have really connected with this in a way that i never expected them to um and i think we've become i don't know it's it's like so weird to talk about but like i know like it's not even like i think like i know that we mean a lot to a lot of people and we've become this like safe space for people to come be themselves and and uh, maybe like our people, why bars like us and music venues like us is because we bring out people who are respectful for the most part. There's always a bad apple somewhere, right? Sure. But we bring out a different crowd. Like these people don't go out every weekend. You know, they come out when we're around and they only go out in once in a while. So they're going out to go hard. They're a little bit older. They're going to have a good time. They're respectful. They tip well. Um, they're respectful of the place. They're respectful of each other. Um, they're they're nice to deal with. Um they're introverted to a, a large extent because that's just kind of what that music caters to. So except that night. Except for that night, yeah. And they yeah. they that's their night to go. And um I, I mean we had somebody get engaged on stage. I saw that recently, you know. Dude, that's like, amazing. That, that was something. Dude, I saw that like like think about people who live life, right? Like we'll never experience moments like that. And I'm not saying that like you're giving them that platform, but you are like, I mean, like there's, there's this event, there's this moment that you've created, uh, you, you and Hirsch and it just, that's like, that's, that's, that's really special. And I, I, and I, and I know you do, but, I, but I hope you like, you get that. And that's like, that's a really cool thing. I try to like keep that. It's so weird. I listen, I'm super aware that there's like a couple local musicians that, that hate us for this right and i get that like if i saw two of us doing this and bring out these numbers like i get it like yeah it is but like you have to understand what like comes along with it like that is a spot for people that we've created and without sounding like a dick like we created a spot for people who didn't have anywhere else to go you know what i mean and they they more than us like they found each other yeah. Like I see people that are now dating, that are now friends, that are engaged, that are married, um, that have found their best friends, that have overcome anxiety, that that have done all these things, um, found themselves through these nights. And that's what I try to like look at. You know what I mean? Like if this goes away tomorrow, like there's some cool stuff 
that a lot of really good people got to experience because this thing happened, you know, as, as you know, from the outside looking in, yeah, it's, it's weird and it's, it's cheesy. It's whatever from the outside looking in. But once you actually experience that community, like I like legitimately like kids, I don't want like, you know, they're adults, but like, I love some of these kids, like, like to the extent, like Dave Switzer, like just showed up one day and was a big dude that stopped some girl from grabbing me on stage. And like, he's my favorite person in the world. He's my assistant now. I like hired him, right? Like he works for me, like great dude, like love him to death. And like super like awesome guy I met through that. Like we're that's, DJing people's weddings coming that, up. Like that's a Dave to remember. A Dave to remember. Yeah. You know, oh, like yeah. I just started I like that. I would make like the first couple of months. I was just like, oh, it's a Dave to remember. But there's like there's a couple of kids that, you know, definite social, you know, anxieties and stuff like that that come yeah. to every single show we have. And like I see them after the show, they're like shelled up, but like they're like rolling around on stage and like having the best times of their life. Um, so if nothing else, we're providing a space for these people and, you know, I can call it what you want, but it, it, that means the people that come to our shows mean more to me than, than any, you know, paycheck or anything that we get from it. So that's, what's I think great about life in general. Like you just, you, especially people like you and, 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 you know, you talk about I'm not, I'm not gonna relate you to, to an athlete, but like these people, athletes that please don't I'm, change. I'm, I'm no, not. we don't. <laughs> no, but like, <laughs> they, but they like it, it's it's different levels, obviously. But it's like it could be the same experience or same like feeling for those these people. Like, um, you know, a, a sports star can and make a, a kid who's ill or whatever, like just you know, feel a certain way. And it, again, different levels, but like same relatable. Ooh experiences to a degree because like you know who are we to judge someone's happiness and excitement or whatever it might be and i think that you know people like us that excitement and those moments might get diluted a little bit like you know when you meet rock stars and people like that you kind of get numb to it it's like okay yeah this is normal life right but like for somebody who's never done that before that's like they they might like shake and pass out right it's like yeah it's wild. A hundred percent. And I mean, uh, another thing, and I'd be remiss without mentioning Keith, uh, Keith perks, right? Like they, these people get like, this logo. Oh, Thank Hey, Thank you, Keith. it's a good one. Like Keith is the, like really the unsung third member of screaming infidelity's emo night. Like captures that what, those moments. Yeah. It, those moments that he captures are just unbelievable. And like, people love that. Like people wait as much for two days later when those photos come out as they 100%. do for the actual event. And all of a sudden it's awesome. I love it. I I love when they come out too. Cause my well, they have that forever. That's yes, like, it's everybody's new profile picture. Cause like I've right. become Facebook friends with so many of these people now. Right. Like I use Facebook for promotion. So like if they could see, if they don't see the screaming page, cause Facebook's not showing it, they could see it on my, on my personal page. Right. So I cross post a lot, but, um, I love seeing the new profile pictures go up. And then I love seeing the people being that the people who don't like emo night being like, Oh, it must've been emo night. Everybody's got a new Facebook photo. You know, like, I love that. Like, I love that whole like ritual that comes after it. And I mean, Keith obviously does a lot of our shows, but the other photographers we work with as well in the different cities, like the same thing, like, but I, I tell all of them to try to mirror, you know, keep it your own, but mirror Keith as much as possible because 
those moments that are captured, people remember forever. And, and they, they like to have that picture of themselves, like, you know, singing and that's going to be a great gift for you there, but they love to see, um, they love to see those photos of themselves and that's their moment. And they put that up there and their friends that don't go to emo night think they're a rock star, you know, and that's, that's something that they can have. Forever. They're going to have that forever. forever. Like they'll, know, doubt, they'll yeah. always remember that moment and the, the picture. Yeah. It, it's a great thing. And, uh, you know, uh, you and I love Hirsch and Keith's a, a great dude too. And I'm sure every photographer you work with is, is, is great in their own way. It's just, it's just, yeah. I mean, it, it's so good. And, and you've extended it outside of just emo nights to like a fat beats. Was, is that a hip hop or what, what, what is that? So we started doing other stuff. Emo nights is such a unique thing it's its own thing and i was like i don't want to run emo night i want emo night to be special when we do it so i don't want to do it too much um but there's other theme nights that we can do and have a good time with so anything else we do is under fat beats so we've done some mac miller nights that went really well um and we do 90s versus 2000 nights that are killing um and we uh we're working on a hamilton night which I think will do really well and Hirsch really hates me for and doesn't want to do. Um, and we're talking about uh, HMAC wants us to do an 80s night with Tiffany. Like, I think we're alone now, Tiffany. Yeah. I haven't agreed to it yet, but like it's out there. Um, so like anything else we do is kind of under that Fat Beats umbrella. We've done the last two parades at the Backyard Ale House and like, it's been wild. It's been a blast. Um, and for live drum. People don't know. I'm sorry. I think I just cut yeah. you off when you're going to explain no. it. Um, Fat Beats is you Hirsch and then a live drummer, which is yep. Brian Banks. Yeah, usually Brian Banks. Yeah. Usually yeah. Brian if, Banks. Bank, if Brian has another gig, like Matt Kester has done it before with us. Um, and uh, there's like some other people that are like, you know, fill in possibilities if it happens. But the official drummer is, is Brian Banks. Yep. And I saw, so, I think, some video from uh, Parade Day or it, it was at Backyard. And I mean, like, just like, that live drum is just like sets the whole thing off, in my opinion. It does. Um, Brian's, so an, Brian's an, a really, really talented musician. He could play anything. Yeah. And he's a really good drummer, but he's a showman. So that's like the big thing. Like when like, cause we've been hit up by a bunch of drummers now that are like, oh, let's like do something. Or like we tried to do drumming with, we tried to do a live drummer with Emo Night the one time and it just didn't work. Like it just wasn't a good fit for Emo Night. But like with the fat beats thing, it's awesome. Um, Brian's a showman though. So you have to be part of the show because like there's music there. Mm-hmm. But if you can spin the stick and get the crowd involved and get up and dance once in a while, sing some stuff, like do all that, be part of the show, which he's so good at because he's as much of a front man as he is a drummer. Yeah. It adds like, forever. it adds another level to it. Um yeah, the, the Mac Miller nights we've done with it, but the specifically the the Backyard Ale House um, parade day shows have been like off the chain. Um, unfortunately, our biggest Mac Miller night, we sold out HMAC in Harrisburg, the main room for Mac Miller night. So it was like 1,200 people and he wasn't able to do that one. And we did it without him. And I wish he would have been there for that because it was like, it was cool. It was really cool. But had we had the drummer there, it would have been, that much cooler um but yeah that they're, they're working i mean we're sold out um every mac miller night has sold out uh, i think we're done with that for right now uh we have one more i think we're gonna do in reading 
um, that got postponed because something happened at the venue. But that's kind of like we did that. We ran it. Um, I love Mac Miller. He's one of my favorite musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's only so much music there. So right. like, let's not like just run into the ground. Um, now the 90s and 2000s, there's endless possibilities for. Um, we've been doing yeah. some really cool 90s versus 2000 nights that we just did one in Harrisburg. And it was a lot of fun. It's a whole different thing. Like it's a whole different kind of party. Um, you know, same basic principles, but whole different party. And it's just nice to, you know, to have to do something different once in a while. Now, did I see, and if, if you've mentioned it, forgive me, but did I see that there's going to be one of those as part of the, the conference or maybe yep. you mentioned it before. Yes. Yeah, Saturday, you um, Saturday, September 16th, the backyard ale house. Yes, you did. I, I, uh, yeah, I forgot that already. That'll be a good one. It's going to be yeah. fun. Brian will be there with us for that one. That's sweet. I'm, I'm hoping to make, I mean, that's like once a year, I, I don't go out a lot. Obviously I'm old now, four years old, two kids, wife, and you know, it's just hard to like get the, the oomph to, to go. But, oh, um, you know, you, 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 you put, you put that many bands in an area where you can walk to or a short drive, like you can kind of experience all that. Like, like that's the weekend that I kind of said, I said to my wife, I'm like, yo, listen, I want to be in and out. And she's cool. She loves it. You know, it's, cool. it's, it's all good. So I'm excited. Awesome. I'm excited for the weekend. I, I always am every year. And uh, I, again, like I said before, I'm, I'm, I'm happy you continue to do it because I, I, I don't know that somebody would pick up the ball and run with it. If, you were to drop it. So well, I appreciate that. I'm sure there's, there's other people that are capable. It's just, it takes a capable, lot of time. Yes. It's just, it, yeah. you know, it's finding the time and energy and, and just all the, the logistics and, you know, knowing the right people, the, the owners of the venues. Cause again, I mean, they're just as much a part of, of the event as, as you are in that's like, Hey, Vinny and Frank do or go above and beyond. And like, you know, you have other venues. Yeah. Um, that are, are doing the same thing. It's, 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 uh, it's everyone definitely working together as a, as a unit to, to just provide the area in the city with a, a great weekend of, of we local were, music. We really lucked out. And I, I just, it just popped into my head that before when we were talking about that, I forgot like the guys at the bog love right. music too. And the same thing, they don't need to do music, but they love music enough that, that they, they take part in it. And obviously, uh, Kreger was one of my, my best yeah. friends. Um, RIP. He like was, yes. And he was always so supportive of it. And he's as much of the reason that um, Emo Night exists as anybody else. Cause same thing. I asked a couple of places about Emo Night and they weren't like into it. You know, they were just like, eh, I don't know. And Craig was like, you could do anything you want here, Joey. Like, go for it. You know, he's like, try it out. And we did it. And then he was like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> but you can do it anytime you want. Yeah. And we were like, that's awesome. So we did it. We did it the first year and then we didn't do it again for a whole nother year. We did it again at the conference. And then I think actually you might be part of this story too. Cause I think you reached out to us and asked us to do it at Sanunas, right? Before dashboard. I don't know. If, I don't know if I reached out to you as much as you guys, like we had dashboard at the Kirby. And I think, you know, uh, Hirsch had a relationship with Sanunas. Mm-hmm. And I think you guys reached out to me and said, Hey, like, this just makes sense for yeah. all parties involved. We're going to do this at Sununas. Why don't you guys come over here and make it like a night out type thing? And yeah. So I guess that was like the the second or third show. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was the third show ever. Um, and then it kind of took off from there. 
And uh, we did our five-year anniversary show at the Bog last year. Um, kind of took it back to where it was. And uh, yeah, it was it was bittersweet. Kreger had since passed. And uh, right before that show, I got the uh, Bog tattooed on my whole right thigh. Yeah. Um, it just happened to be first Friday. And um, the tattoo parlor there on the square that I can't think of the name of right now um, was doing a uh, Rihanna's um tattoo parlor i can't think of the name of it right now my wife got tattoo there too but um what is that they were doing um a flash sheet by a local artist they do every first friday and it just so happened to be connor from the bog that night and he had drawn a picture of the bog and he was like nobody will ever get this tattoo it was our five-year anniversary show you know kind of in memory of Kreger and um, we got it there and then it was funny at the at the ale house this year on parade day afterwards i was in the back with like uh it was like me, the Nassers, uh, Pappy, um, some of the guys from Cabinet, and they were like talking about. We were all talking about Craig or whatever, and I like, I was like, "Oh, did you see this?" And I like showed them it, and they were like, "Oh, we all got to get Craig tattoos now," you know, <laughs> like so. <laughs> um, he was just the best, so that was cool. It was a cool tribute. Um, it's on my yeah. leg forever now. I do have a, 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 a crudely drawn picture of the front of a bar on my thigh for the rest of my life, but uh, it, it's 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 for him so it you know yeah it, you know it, it was a thing about him like i i knew i knew Craiger. i didn't know him well but i knew him well enough and i remember the night that or the day we got the news that he passed and i, I remember seeing him we were I was actually at the american grill in uh wyoming or exeter and i saw him and i was like he was just a shell of of yeah who he was and i was like almost taken aback um I was just like, I saw him, I'm like, fuck, this is like, this is bad, right? And then he, I don't know how long after that that he passed, but I remember I was doing the Alternatives Underground live at Carl Hall with uh, Black Tie Stereo. And I was a complete mess. Like, and, and again, like Craig, Craig and I weren't buddies, we weren't friends. He just had this aura about him and this, just way about him that just had this t- effect on people and this touch and this, this like everlasting impression. And I was a father at the time and like I just, it crushed me that he was robbed or his, his wife and his child were robbed of, of mm-hmm. him because you know, he was such a special human being um, yeah. to so many people outside of just his wife and kid. Like, I mean, this area definitely you know, lost a, a great person and uh, the 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 unofficial mayor of Scranton by far. Yeah. Um yeah, that was uh that was the day Amanda went I, I I was driving home from work and I think Keith called me. Somebody called me. I got a phone call. Um and I like I was a mess. And I walked in the door and I told Amanda and she had gotten to know him pretty well too. Um he was always awesome to Amanda and uh and my little brother um he was great to him too and amanda just like broke down and she went into labor and we went to the hospital to have joey wow I know yeah that. and uh so i mean i was texting with him a week before and the last text message i have from him was just him saying you're gonna be a good dad you know gave me that little assurance and he was just the best the best guy best guy yeah. ever yeah we definitely lost a good one 
for sure. Wanna, I don't want to cry tonight, so we'll yeah. move on from that. <laughs> <Me either. laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Crager. Yeah. I mean, what a what a guy. I'm, I'm sure everyone who listens to this uh, can can agree. But um, we talked about Joe Cabston as an early early club promoter, early band promoter. About Joe Cabston and, and uh, you know is is you know, he works for a college during the day. We we talked about Joe Cabston as the Electric City Music Conference uh, organizer for the past ten years. But you're more than just that. You're also a husband and a father. I mean, obviously, I think uh, if you're anything like me, being a father is probably the most important thing in your life. Um, I mean, I saw I see you on social media. I saw you, you share uh, something the other day, maybe a day or two ago, uh, about the tired dad, uh, which is a. I, I, w- I hope to one day maybe get him on this podcast because I, I love. One thing I love mo- more than talking about music is is my son and my daughter and being a dad. Um, one of the greatest shows in my entire life. There's nothing like it, and I'll never try and push uh, anyone to have children. But if you're on the fence. I encourage you to go on the side of of children. Uh, who is Joe Cabiston as a dad? Ah, uh, hmm, that's a that's a great question. Um, I don't know who I am, but I know who I hope to be. You know, like uh, I just want to be there for my kid in any way, and like I want him to be his own person, though. You know what I mean? Um, I think we try to encourage that a lot. Like like Joey takes uh takes Irish step dance. He like saw saw, oh, saw that's awesome. he, like, <laughs> he like saw them at a uh parade and was like obsessed with it and wanted to do it. And you know, like I think back like I don't know, I don't I don't wanna put thoughts or, or words in my dad's mouth, but like if I wanted to take dances like a four, I don't think that would happen in the nineties, eighties, you know what I mean? Sure, like I just don't know that, that would happen. Um but like, I was like, yeah, I mean, I was like, he wants to do it. And like, obviously the mother will usually be a little more. I was like, hell yeah, go for it. Like, let's do it. Like, if, he, if that's what he's into, like, that's what, what he, he wants to do. He did it. He loves it. But he loves soccer, too. Um, But more or less, I just want to be support system for my kid and let him know that he could do or be anything he wants. And just that I'm always here. Like, being a dad's my favorite thing in the whole world. Yeah. Um, Anything anything I do is, is for him. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm like these long drives and these shows and stuff like that's just trying to, trying to give him and my wife, of course, but you know, our family, any, anything they need, like, I don't care. Like, dude, I, I live in screaming infidelities, t-shirts and drink seltzer water and a couple, you know, pieces of beef jerky a day. And I'm happy, you know, I just want to give them everything that, that they want, you know, or need at least you know so it's you know i i do this podcast and like i said earlier before it's um purely passion um but i feel like it leaves a little bit of a legacy uh i, I lost my dad uh when i was 22 years old and i have nothing to remember him by so as long as the internet stays alive i feel like my son will always have a reference uh, to me. So while well, I do these podcasts for, you know, reasons, I, I 
genuinely love doing them. And I, and I want to give people a platform to share their stories and experiences. Like it's also a, a way that my son will, you know, when I'm gone, he'll be able to, you know, watch these and, and remember me and, and remember how I spoke because how I speak on these and how I interact with my guests is the same person that you would meet on the streets. I'm no different. And, um, you know, when you're when you're a person who loses someone that early, like and I, I have nothing for my father. I wish I had a voicemail still. I could just hear his voice, and I I I can't remember that anymore. Um, you know, my my son and my daughter uh, will be able to kind of reflect back on this. And I I say that because I mean you're kind of creating the same thing. Like, you know, when you're gone, and I hope it's many 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 years from now. They'll be able to see, you know, their father as uh, a genuine person and a caring person and and just a, a good dude. That's, I mean, that's all I can hope for, right? Like, that's all we, all any of us can hope for. Um, I think it hits home a little, like reality check a little bit. Amanda lost their dad. Um, yeah. Sorry, Amanda. Two, two years ago now, yeah. and he was like the best dude in the world, right? Like, um. I can't say enough good things about my father-in-law. Like I know some people with their in-laws, like that's like whatever the stereotypic thing, like my father-in-law and I were the most opposite people in the entire world. Like it doesn't get any different, any more different, right? Like punk rock kid, like a hunter NRA guy, Perry County, like that whole thing. But like never like even had a disagreement because he was just a reasonable, nice, pure guy. Like, sure didn't care what I did. Didn't care what anybody did. Like, you know, he liked hunting and fishing and yada, 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 but like, that's okay. <laughs> both, both loved Amanda, right? Like common goal. Like as long as I always treated her right, there would never be an issue there. And, uh, like he and I got really close, you know, like I live down here, you know, predominantly. So like you know, for 10 years, he was like, my, you know what I mean? Like as close to me as my well, not as close as my father, but you know, as close as you could be to your father-in-law. Sure. Did a lot together. And uh so that hit hard. And that was just a super reality check. Like, you know, Joey was one and a half or one, you know, it was yeah, he was like one. And we got robbed of a lot of time because of the pandemic. We're like right. you know, we could either be on a porch or like ten feet away from each other and all that stuff. So yeah, that was that was definitely a reality check. And I think I approach, like, I think about that a lot, you know, like I could never live without him. And like, like I want to be here as much as I can for my kid as long as I can. Cause I just, I just want to be with him, you know, and, and, and my wife, of course. And, but uh, I think about that a lot. And like, I think about Craiger a lot and I think about my grandfather and it's like, like I have a lot of people, like, especially with my grandfather, like he, um, I grew up next to my grandfather, so I was super close to him. And my father, my father's a great guy too, but he's he's still around, you know, give him his flowers yeah. yet. But um my grandfather, like I I hear from people all the time. He he was the head of um a union. So like he changed people's lives, like, you know, unionize like he was the head of a union when you were unionizing people, right? So taking people from hourly to having benefits to I'll do that. And I run into people, especially down here, because he did a lot of work in Harrisburg, who I've never met, but like you know, they work for Ask Me or they know and they knew him. And uh, 
I get to make that connection. And then my father's dad died. My dad was 12. Um, he was working for PennDOT. He was hit by a, by a tractor trailer driver. He was the first, first or one of the first people to die in the line of duty for PennDOT. There's a statue for him down here in Harrisburg, but like my dad didn't. He got robbed of like his whole, yeah, you know, that whole experience. So I like, I see how that affected him. And I'm just like, you know, how do I be the best dad that I can be or try to, you know, like you're never going to be perfect. <laughs> no, it's, it's hard, what, man. But what can I do, uh, do for him to, to remember him? And like you said, legacy, like, like that's like huge, like for me, like I never want now, like he changed that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want somebody to tell my kid, like I was an asshole. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like I want them to have good things to say about me more so than that. So it changes business dealings. It changes, you know, jobs I take. It changes all kinds of stuff. So, you know, I just want to sell at my funeral, John. Yeah. That's all I want to do. I'm sure you will. <laughs> I, well, you know, it's funny. I always, and I was in media for a long time. I was, I was Johnny Weekender. Um, people loved him. People hated him. Uh, I loved them. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I loved them. And I, I loved, uh, I loved when you had your sidekick, Carmi, what? Carmi Weekender. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and then I was in radio and then I had my own radio show and I had all that before I had kids. Right. And I had, I, I was some of that when I had my son, but he was so young. I always joked or I not really joked. I was like, I always said like, Oh, I, all this will be gone before he even realizes how cool this is. Cause I mean, I loved, I, 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 I bled the weekender, man. Like, I almost got a weekender tattoo because, and I, I wouldn't regret it this day. Face tattoo? Back, no, no, I'm not, I'm not post Malone. <laughs> uh, I don't have that kind of charisma, but, um, you know, it's just one of those things. Like I, I, I bled that. I, I was that. And I, I loved, I loved working in radio. Um, and the reason I left was for, you know, financial reasons was also for management reasons. It was, you know, COVID didn't help. It was diff different things. And like, I was like, this will all end before he even knows how cool it is. Cause I, I still think that stuff's cool. So I forced my way into doing something, which is this to, to kind of stay relevant, stay not just relevant, but just, to, you know, to have these conversations with people and not only promote great things that people are doing, but just have genuine conversations and, and talk about being dads and, you know, life ups and downs and all that kind of shit. Um, so I was getting, I was like, obviously it's all gone now, you know, weekend is gone, radio is gone. And I hope that, you know, by doing this and, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen down the road. Um, you know, my, my, my kids, even when they get past the, you know, whatever daddy does is wonderful. Like, you know, when they're teenagers or whatever, I hope that, you know, they can continue seeing that or, or think that I'm cool because it's just, um. I read, I read a thing, and this is what I that, can that's we, like. Can we, can we pause one second because yeah. I don't have a pee, but I have to get a charger really quick. No this problem. Is, we're we're we're, we're two twenty in here. This is okay. one of the longest ones I've had. Uh, I apologize for keeping you up late, but oh, you're fine. This, this is good I'd stuff. be up anyway. Don't worry about All it. Right, one second. Yep. All right, I'm really sorry about. No, don't worry about it. So what I was gonna say was so like that's like I think about that too. Like I don't know. 
I don't think he's quite cool. Like he's quite, he thinks some stuff's cool. Like he likes seeing pictures. Yeah. But like, he's not old enough to like, obviously see a show or like any of that stuff. And the videos don't mean much to him. But I think about like, it's going to be such a brief window where he thinks that's cool or not. And I don't know if I'll still even be doing it by that point. Right. But I, I found something that I'm going to hold on to. It was on TikTok. So it's definitely true. Um, that explained that it's actually biological why your teenagers and your late teen kids, basically puberty causes your kids to think you're uncool and want to like be away from you. And it's science. It's nothing you can do okay. because in, you know, when we were packs, basically the, the, the fertile boys would have to leave the pack and go away and the girls would have to leave and it would drive them away from their parents to prevent in inbreeding. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like that, it's like a, it's a physical thing. It's a vault. We've evolved to the point, obviously where, you know, we take right. care of our kids. We love them. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> they, but, can stay, they can stay longer. Yeah. Yeah. They can stay longer, but it's a, it's actually a horn, like pure hormonal pheromonal thing that their bodies can't help, but think that you're not that. And they would go find other like, rogue people to attach themselves to and so it's all genetic and that could completely be bullshit but for my own well-being i'm gonna believe it forever and when joey thinks i'm uncool or like doesn't want to hang out with me when he's like 13 it's gonna be just it's it's scientific and it's okay well we're we're animals i mean like when it comes down to we're animals um you know monogamy is um ingrained in us we're not, we're not supposed to be we, we are obviously but we're we're just animals men and women it's just that's just that's why there's 100 percent. so you know. some yeah, random random dude on tiktok told me that that's i mean i 100 percent agree with that yeah I yeah mean, it made sense so it's not that he thinks that i'm not cool it's just that his you know genetics is telling him run away from the herd <laughs> well it's funny like um, you know, I growing up, I had, a, I had a really good life, a uh, really good childhood, and yeah. Uh, but I was always a I followed the rules, man. Like I, I never wanted to get in trouble, and not because I didn't want to get in trouble. Um, because I didn't want to get in trouble. It was, it was more like I just don't want to deal with the bullshit that gets that comes. Yeah. I just don't want to fucking. I want to get grounded. I don't want to like hear my fucking dad yell or my mom yell. I, I remember. I would like back in, I don't know if this was the same for you, but in the state of Pennsylvania, if you had a junior's license, you had to be off the road by 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. I would come back from my girlfriend's house at 11.01, 11.02. Not often, very rare, but times that I did, my dad would lose his mind, lose it. And in my head, I'm like, I don't know why the fuck you're freaking out. Like, I'm a good kid. I'm not coming home drunk. I'm not on drugs. Like, I'm literally just coming home from spending an extra two minutes with my girlfriend trying to get yeah. laid or whatever. Yeah. You know? And, uh, but like, I'm like, I don't, it's, it's, to me, it wasn't worth it. Like, I didn't do it again or do it yeah. often ever because I'm like, just, just this whole thing is not worth the fucking frustration. But so I followed the rules. And yeah. to a degree, I'm like, you know, that's good. I'm, I'm glad I was a good kid. I'm glad. And I want my kids to be the same way. But part of me wants them to be a little bit of a, not a rule breaker, not a, 
Uh, but just like just push the limits a little bit because I want you to just kind of like just test the waters. Yeah, no, I hear that for sure. You know? Yep. Yeah, I uh I definitely never wanted to get in trouble either. Like I would uh of my friends, I would I, I would say I was the voice of reason as much as possible. Yeah. You know? Um but I would find my because of my friends, I would find myself, you know, in situations once in a while never anything bad, you know what I mean? But like we were Carbonell Lakeland had quite a rivalry. So there would be, you know, little scuffles or, you know, egging of cars or paintballing of houses or, you know, stealing of pumpkins, whatever it may be. Things happened, you know, and, and that was what it was, but I was definitely like, I never, you know, was the one that got caught. Cause I was always smart enough to be like, yeah, we're not going to go that extra house, let them right. go, you know, or whatever. So, so I definitely aired on the, the side of caution too. So I could, I could see that. And I, uh, I, I look back though and I'm like, my parents, man, and my mom, like my mom was 20 when I was born, you know what I mean? Like, and they like, I'm so grateful that they, you know, first of all, had me right. Like, you know, you're 20 years old, but sure, yeah. um, also like, I mean, they, they, they were kids like me at 20 years old. I couldn't have kept the kid. You know what I mean? Like you know, me at 30, like I, it just like, I couldn't, I couldn't have. So like all the props in the world to them. You would and have, like, you, I, I know, I know you enough that you would have, but like, oh yeah, I would have a lot different. Yeah. I definitely would have, but it would have been like a struggle. So I'm sure, I, and I'm sure just like, you're a 20 year old, a 20 year old, a 20 year old, like that had to be tough. That's you know what I mean? Like thinking about that. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's nuts. Um, and then like they had my sister then 10 years later and then my little brother, I was 16 when he was born, you know what I mean? Or almost 17. So it's like a day before my 17th birthday, he was born. So like, wow. So there's a, a gap. Yeah. So like they just kept trying until they got it right. Basically, they would just like give it like 10 years, try again. But, <laughs> um, you know, I like look back at that. And I'm like, man, like anytime I ever gave my parents shit as a kid, it's like, man, they were fucking like figuring it out still. Like I look at like I'm so Joey's three and I'm one of my well years at 2023. So I'm 37. Like when, I, when my dad was 37, he had a 17 year old. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Wow. No way. Like, do I wish like some, some days when my knees hurt? Like, yeah, I wish like, you know, running after him. I had, like I was that young, but like yeah. I have this whole life that I've lived the, to try to like figure out how to do it. Whereas like they were kids, man. Like, so I'm just grateful to them. It gives you a whole new perspective. I was thinking about that like the other night when I was laying there, I was just, my little brother um, is, is going to Cambodia today because he's crazy. But um, he's going to unionize sweatshops, right? So, like, my parents are, like, nervous as, sure. as could be. I mean, you you know, I'm sure Cambodia is great, but... Their baby. You know, you're going over there. They're, yeah, their baby, who's never, like, been on a plane before, just flew for 27 hours to go to... I mean, I think it's a third world country. You know what I mean? Like... Sounds like it. You know, they have sweatshops. So like, you, you know, he's going to try to unionize them. Like I've been joking that he's going to come back with eight fingers, but like, that's a real possibility. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> don't tell my mom, but so I'm like, you know, they've, they've <laughs> done this a lot and it's like, 
they're, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm forever grateful for that, that, that I, I was thinking about that the other night I was laying there. I was just like, man, if I was 20, like, I don't know that I would have, I think that tired dad thing made me think about that. Like, you know, I have a lot more patience now. I, I'm definitely a different person than I was at 20 and, and kudos to my parents for like, you know, doing what they had to do to, to, I mean, we never, I never wanted for anything in my life. They did what they could, you know? So I appreciate that more now as an adult, you know? Yeah. And it's funny looking back on that stuff. Like, I mean, I don't know what I would have, like, there's no way that, I mean, I mean, we would figure it out, right? We're human beings. Yeah. Like our parents did it. A million people have done it before us. They're not exceptional. Are they great? Yes. I mean, like, yeah. Great, but like I mean, it was it wasn't uncommon back then, oh, especially. It, it, especially, I mean, all my friends' parents are the same age, right? They like went to high school together, but yeah, it, it's so. it's um, you know, but, that, it, but like, but I mean, the like, thing about like, like how time evolves, like people were having kids when they were like teenagers because you were gonna live till you were fucking twenty five, like right, a hundred percent. Well, that's it, me and my buddy were talking about this the other day. Like, all all of our parents are generally the same age right like within a couple of years of each other they like went to high school together we're all the same age all of our kids are the same age right so like their generation i mean that was like all our parents were like early 20s yeah 20s teens, whatever we were all like 30, 33 34 you know having our kids so it's like that shift that happened from there to there and and you know yeah my mom was 25 when she had me so, but like it's like it's a weird. It's it's weird how things evolve because like you grow up and like you know, obviously they push college and the college is important. Be educated, yada yada yada, and then like all all that stuff pushes things back a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you kind of kind of like you finish college and you start a career and you're making money. It's like, look, oh, this is cool too. Like let's 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 yeah, enjoy well. this before we ruin it with children. <laughs> right, right. And uh, I mean that's what that's what we did. I mean my my wife is four years younger than me and. She was in school for a thousand years. We were just enjoying living and traveling and all that kind of stuff. I wish we would have had children sooner. You know, same same thing you're saying is just because I feel like I'm old as shit. Then we just had a fucking, you know, I have a one-year-old now and I'm 40. But, um. Hey, yeah, I mean, you could be Vinny. I'll never forget. Vinny, I'll never forget. I, I take part blame in that moment of his child being conceived. Born, conceived? Yes. It was funny. Um, him and his wife were going out for, I think, her birthday for dinner. I actually called the restaurant and I said, hey, I want to buy this couple drinks. Yeah. This is 20, I think, 2021. Or that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. 2020. 2020. And uh, so, you know, uh, obviously alcohol kind of just um, lowers those uh, squalls and inhibitions. <laughs> yeah. inhibitions. Yeah, is. <laughs> and uh, I think that was the, the night that she was conceived. Vinny is, uh, if anybody can do it at, at that age, you know, he's and he, he's like a, such a hands on dad. I love it. Um, oh, it's amazing. Him, you know, that's not, and that's what I want to talk to you. Like, like you, you shared that. The, the thing from the tired dad and it's a, it's a page I follow and it's you know whenever you're having a hard day or you're just kind of like 
you might be feeling down or like you're not doing enough. Like you, you kind of see that. And that guy is actually an ex addict, I believe. Oh, okay. I didn't know um, that. Yeah. He's an ex, he's an ex addict. He kind of just pulls that together. Wife is very beautiful. Got, got beautiful kids, but um, he's in a bad place. But like, so he talks about like, you know, you know, you know, you, you have these moments and the, the moments don't last forever. And, and, and time is short. And, just keep showing up is is kind of like his consistent yeah. thing. It's like, uh, you know, and I think, you know, you do that and obviously Vinny does that. And it's like the generation prior to us was better, but not great to a degree. And then the one before them was, I mean, they were so hands off. I, I, I don't think my, my father-in-law, I don't think he ever changed a diaper. Right. Great man. I mean, great, great man. Mm-hmm. Um, a man I can't live up to, um, but yeah, it's just amazing how the generations. Oh, without without a doubt, without absolutely without a doubt. I mean, I look at the same thing. Like I doubt my grandfather ever changed a diaper in in his whole life. You know what I mean? And he was he would he would work, and my grandmother took care of the kid. And like my grandmother never even got her driver's license. Yeah, you know, she's still alive. She doesn't have it. You know what I mean? She's in her eighties. Yeah, she's never got a driver's license. I mean, think about that. That's crazy. normal. That's normal to her. Normal. A hundred percent normal. Um, never had a desire. Like, could have got it anytime. And my grand grandmother before her, who was alive when I was born, never even got her green card. She came from Poland That's in the early nineteen hundreds, and you know, my great great grandfather came from wherever. She came from there. They live in the car. All she ever had to do was just go down to the courthouse in Scranton and pick it up. She was a citizen. She lived here, whatever. Never even did it, you know. And then my grandmother, she she doesn't have a license. She's never driven a day in her life. When she was younger, and you know, you would walk to town in Carbondale and get your groceries and walk back with all your kids behind you or whatever. Um, now I'm we're sitting here, we're trying to figure out like, oh, like how many cars do we need? You know what I mean? Like it, it's crazy <laughs> to think about. So yeah. Yeah, no, total different generation shift. I, it, it's wild to think about, but yeah, that guy's great. I, I dove into a bunch of his his content, and uh, it definitely like centers you and 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 makes you really take another look at things. Because I think about that all the time. Like one day he's not gonna. I, I saw something that hurt, like not hurt. <laughs> it like punched me in the face though, because you know oh, your your kid wants to be picked up. Like carry me, carry me, carry me, like whatever you know. And every day when we get out of the car. Joey wants me to carry him to the front door of daycare, but he wants me to put him down as soon as we get there because he doesn't want to see it. He doesn't want anybody to see him being right, carried. Right, right, right. are like, you got to walk like a big boy, blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, but I saw like a meme or something that was just like, one day will be the last time your kid ever asked you to pick him up. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, it like punched me in the gut. So every morning when he says it, like I have like a book bag, a lunchbox, he brings a stuffy, so like a, a stuffed animal, like all this stuff to take in to his daycare. And I'm just like, ah, man, I can't like, I'm thinking in my head, like, can't you just walk me in? But I'm just like, no way. Like I'm picking yeah. him up and I'm holding him. Cause like, what if tomorrow he doesn't ask me to pick him up and carry him? Like my heart's going to be broken. Um, and luckily yeah. I think I have a couple more years of that, but like, yeah, but it happens. Like, it'll, it'll change. So like the moments. Yeah. Well, it, you know, like right now I, I, I carry my kid up upstairs to, to yeah. brush his teeth. So the, the carrying him to daycare, or whatever it might be, that that's no more. It's it's a different place right. you carry him to. Yep. 
And it changes. It changes so quick. And it's it's one thing I saw, I don't think it was I don't know if it was that page or a different page, but you know, what's what's the what's the greatest thing of being a dad is is, is watching you grow up. What's the hardest thing of being a dad is watching, watching you grow up. up. I saw that too. It's hundred yeah, percent true. Fucking crushing. And there's there's yeah. moments and, and thankfully our daughter, like who was just a little over one now, like so we're kind of like back into that like baby is the infant stage. So we're kind of back in that that scenario. But like every day, I feel like, or every week, I feel like there's this my, my son is changing. And it's like heartbreaking, but like so like amazing. Like I, I could cry thinking about it because I just I just like he went with his grandmother tonight and I wanted to cry because I, I missed him. Like, I, I miss him right now. Like he's he's not upstairs in his bedroom right now. And it's fucking like it like it kills me. Mm-hmm. But he's having a great time with his grandmother and his, you know, my my brother's uh daughter is at her house too. So they're having a great time as as you know, cousins and it's amazing. But like I'm like, oh God, I, I can't believe he's not here. It's, it's like yeah. And I understand like where parents just want to keep their kids in their house forever because like I'll never I don't know. I can't imagine the day he's like, all right, guys, I'm I'm out of here. I know. Oh my god, no, absolutely not. That's I uh somebody said to me, somebody I work with, I think, or whatever, they were like, Oh, like that's awesome. Like you you go to these, you know, on the weekends you guys do your gigs and you get to like stay in an Airbnb like by yourself or I'm like Dude, that sucks. Sucks. Like, I'm not like we're going to these places. I'm not seeing them. I'm driving in at the last possible moment that I can, yep. so I can hang out with my kid after daycare. And then I'm pulling in. We're do- DJing the gig. I'm dragging like my broken down body to the most uncomfortable <laughs> bed in the world in somebody's basement. Usually, yeah. you know, what I mean, we're just renting the cheapest Airbnb. And I'm waking up at six o'clock in the morning, driving home as fast as I can. Yep. I'd rather be in my bed. With my kid crawling in in the middle of the night, yep. you know, when he wakes up or whatever, and like like waking up and him snuggling on me, like I don't want to be in like some random like that. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like like I like uh, we've been playing a lot of breweries lately. I love those because they have to close early, and I don't have to stay over. I can just make the lot the late drive back. You know. Yeah. That's that's my. F- I'm looking for more and more breweries to do emo nights. <laughs> there you go. So. No, and you commented on a, a story I shared uh, on uh, social media. I was actually in a uh, music video for the band Don't Panic that's due out in early September. But I I, I left my house 11 a.m. and I didn't get home until 11 p.m. I was gone the entire day. Right. And I felt guilty. Um, And not because my kids made me feel guilty or, or my wife made me feel guilty. Yeah. I, I just, I was like, I lost an entire day. Yep. With my kids. Like I lost an entire day. Like I spend five days a week out at work. Mm-hmm. And I and you know, the one of the two days I get, I just I I burned, you know, doing something that I want to do. And is it I mean, is being in a, a music video going to do anything for me in my life? Probably not. Just at 40. But I love Ted. I love his band. I love Don't Panic. Um again, it goes to another like a scenario where my my kid my kids can have that piece of me when I'm gone, and mm-hmm. they can kind of you know see that and watch that and say, "Hey, Dad was uh, he was a fun guy." Yeah, hundred percent. That's that's what it. 
what it all comes down to. But I saw, <laughs> we'll talk about this and I'll let you go. Uh-oh. I saw you, uh, you were at the drive-ins recently. We were. Yeah. I couldn't help but notice, uh, looked like you had in the back of the truck, a nugget. We did have a nugget. We had a nugget. We all right. You had a nugget. So nuggets, yeah. nuggets. Uh, I want to say two years ago, twenty twenty one. Christmas is twenty twenty one, and yes, twenty twenty two. That's the exact one. Yes. I so real quick. I have two. I have yeah, two we, nuggets. We're. I'll talk about nuggets forever, John, because I don't understand it. And uh, they're worth more than their weight in gold, apparently. <laughs> so, so I don't. My wife might have killed somebody to get our our nugget. I don't know. It was so hot of an item at that point. So my wife was telling me this is the hottest thing in the world. Yeah. And I'm like, according to who? Because I don't know what the fuck a nugget is. Mm-hmm. And so I have two, and I'll tell you why I have two. I have two because a she bought one. Um, but I think prior to, or at prior or after, uh, she was like, Oh, I, I, um, I entered to win a nugget. So I thought the second one was free. Right, right. I was mistaken. The, <laughs> the, the thing that she entered to win was you entered to win a chance to a chance buy. To get, that's nugget. yes. Amanda did the same thing. I, I, I think with the same yeah. people like your wife, Amanda, so is yeah. mine, Amanda. Um, it was in like secret Facebook groups, like to find out the drafts yes, and stuff, and yes. would like would like wait online for it to like become available to try to buy them. Yes, it was insane. It was absolutely insane. We got one, uh, apparently a limited edition Elmo one, but like it, and it, and I and I to that factor, never like I just like was like, what is this? And I like hit online. So I start searching, like, what is another? When I saw the price tag, basically, it's like, what oh. is this? I started looking online, and the only thing I could find in the dad stuff on Facebook that I'm like in the dad groups and everything was just like, well, it comes with these triangle pillows. They're like sex pillows. That's like yes. the only thing. Yes. That's, that's the yes. only thing. I, yes. That's the only Dude. thing I could find. And then there's like a, so I, so Amanda, so we're searching. She's trying to show me what this is. And a group came up on Facebook, and it was called Naughty Nuggets. <laughs> and apparently, there's like, there's a whole subset of like, weirdos out there that buy them for adult purposes let me ask you a question have you had the pleasure of using them for the adult purposes no no joey legitimately uses it pretty much 24 hours a day no and and my son my son can you build my nugget build my nugget build Build my my nugget nugget. oh my god i want to climb it i want to use it as a slide i want to yes we did all the all heavy that. big one because I don't know if they all come like that, but like it came with like a heavy thicker one. Yes, and, and then the thin thinner, one. And the thin two. one is just my dog's bed. Yeah, it's, it's the most expensive dog bed in the world because Joey doesn't like the little one because it can't like hold his weight or whatever. Like he right. can't climb it like the other one. The other one he can like I could climb it probably. Exactly. It's yeah. like so so sturdy. The little one's a little more flimsy, so the dog it's just like the most expensive dog bed. <laughs> In the world, my, my wife's been great. She actually, I think, she feels guilty because she's like, uh, how much it is cost? So she'll be the one who builds it and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. So, and, but like, I, I will, I will say, it made a great. Um, I threw it in the flatbed of the truck. Um, it looked very comfortable. It was great. The three of us were on it. It was great. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 
great movie. He was asleep five minutes in, but um, I enjoyed on the nugget and in the flatbed, it fit perfect. So yeah, it was great. It was the first practical use for the thing. Good move. Yeah, dude. I mean, my my son, he'll be six in December. So he's kind of outgrown the nugget to an extent. So right now, one of the triangle uh, foam pieces is uh, a barrier. Um, A couch and a chair are angled together. So it keeps my daughter out of like the the center of that. So that's genius. Yeah, so our, I mean, our dog sheds, and she walks between the couch mm, and the chair like that to lock scratch herself. Lock that shit. Put it and like, in there. It just like it's like black because her yeah. hair comes off on it. She like lock it. uses it. That's a genius idea for that. Lock it. That's where yeah. that's going. Yeah. Lock it. That'll stop her. Oh man, I found another practical use yeah. for it. Finally. But yeah, I'll never forget my wife saying like, "Oh." And then she's like, we need to get, we need two, we need two. I'm like, what? And the price tag, I'm not even, I won't repeat it on this. If you're watching yeah, this, I mean, go look. Uh, Google I shut it. the second one down. Although recently she's been like, we should get another one. Um, But I think I've, I've talked to, apparently you can buy like replacement covers for them. So I think she's just going to buy a new cover. And I've like got out of the, like, I was like, man, I'll make one of these. Like we just go buy foam. Yeah, and you could buy the cover if you want another one. But I think there must be in the in the Gestapo or Illuminati of Nuggets, there must be like subversive messaging of needing two because Amanda originally wanted to get two too. So they can do so much more with two. I was like, it's just a foam pad. Yeah, well, we, we we have we have uh, our son on top of the box, like outside of our house, like yeah, displaying that he got a nugget. So so do we. Oh, we had, we took that picture too. Yeah, we took it's the whole. It's amazing how thing. it's it's amazing that the marketing and things, but like, I've never heard of Nugget before. My wife, they don't waste money on us, but dude. Amanda finds stuff online. But what I'm saying that like, I can't these even holes, use. these 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 holes yes. that go down, and our wives sound like very similar, and we need to get them out of them. Yes, I uh, I actually like so like Target is the worst thing that ever happened. Sure, to the world um, of 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 my life. Um, <laughs> and then uh, like Amanda is like super into like crafty stuff. Like she'll buy like shit from like girls I went to high school with that like I don't even like I'm not even Facebook friends with them, but they find my wife somehow. Like we got a pair of like sunglasses. Them, she's like, oh, I got Joey custom sunglasses. I'm like, that kind of sounds cool. What are they? They were just sunglasses that some girl I went to high school with, who's very nice, I'm sure, but I dated in sixth grade and haven't talked to since, glued little beads on that said oh, Joey. Sure, yeah. And I was just like, you could do that. I was like, I'll do that for, for nothing. You know, like we don't need to, to bring sixth grade relationships into this, yeah, into this house, you know, but like, yeah, it, uh, I don't know. They they get them. They get them. I mean, I guess life would be boring without them. Oh, I I love my wife. I just uh, oh, I know. I, do. I wish Same. I could run some filters on not yours on mine. social media. Yeah, There's, I develop an app that shuts off ads. But I almost got divorced over marketplace. Facebook Twice. marketplace. Twice. <laughs> she drove. She, okay. She drove me to, it was like Jim Thorpe or past Jim Thorpe. It was an hour drive. Goodness. She wanted a wicker, like, um, lounger. And she's like, I remember we woke up. Our son was probably like three years old. Um, 
and she woke up and she rolled over. She's like, so do you want to go get a, whatever this is? And I'm like, okay. And she's like, I said, how far is it? She's like, oh, it's like an hour away. I'm like, fuck you. I said, did you get the dimensions? Yeah. They don't like to get dimensions. Right. The, the, I don't know why. Oh, it'll fit. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, but I'm like, we need the dimensions to figure out if the car that we have is big enough to fit it. Like, like we're driving in an hour. John, like, well, it's all we have. I said, well, the thing about it is, I have a job at Axelrad where I can borrow the van if need be. Right. So this is an important question to ask. Let's say we went to and we drove an hour to get this fucking wicker uh, lounger. And it barely fit. It fit, but it barely fit. Yep. But there's, I'm like, we're gonna get divorced. We are going like it. Like I have, I have posts on Facebook and like, and one of those things like looking for a divorce lawyer. Uh, you know, um, altercations include you know <laughs> driving an hour to, you know, whatever. Asking for me. Yeah. <laughs> Not even asking for a friend. Asking for me. We've purchased, apparently, I found out today, uh, a a plate like a jungle gym. I don't know, like swing set with a little like clubhouse on it and everything. She was like bought from somebody on Facebook Marketplace like a month ago, and the girl today was like, "Are you gonna ever come get this?" And like, I was like, "I, I just say yes eventually, and just ignore it." And I'm, down. and I'm like. How do, how am I supposed to get this? And she's like, "Well, you just go like go." T-. I'm like, "Go take it apart." She's like, "Well, you've taken it in two pieces." I was like, "That's a whole ass like building." Yeah, I was like, "We we like, there's nobody to help." Like, is your like, was my mother in law gonna come help me? You know what I mean? Like, like I need like my dad to come down a weekend. Like, we'd have to schedule this. Right. I can't just go like pick up a 500 pound wooden swing set clubhouse and put it in my truck. She's like, well, maybe it'll be two trips. I was like, two trips. I was like, she, well, it was a really good deal. Yeah. I was like, I get it, it was a good deal, but for the price of it, I would have just bought a new one in a box, right? Had somebody put it together and spend a, an extra 100, 200 bucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then, then not there, kill there's, there's things women do that are brilliant. Without I mean, far smarter than us. I, I don't want to like get lost on that. Like, there's, there, they, Go on vacation. They pack ninety nine percent of the things that, that we need as a family, and we'll pack the one percent right. But when it comes to like going to pick something up or whatever it might be, they their their logic just goes out the window. Of like, 100%. you know what what size truck we need, the, the specifications, the length of time, the manpower involved. This is like. No, you can just do it. Like, oh, it's like, oh no, no. My son thinks we can lift houses. Yeah, <laughs> but we can't. Yep. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. I would be lo- like lost without my wife. Right. I, I mean, I, I would fall apart. But my whole life would fall apart. But those agreed. things. Agreed. Yeah, it, it's yeah, funny. So yeah. That's what makes it funny, right? It's hundred percent. Yeah. We're not, we're not talking shit. It's, it's. Oh no! I'm gonna go it, get this this clubhouse probably Sunday. Let Maybe me know. You know, it'd be two hundred dollar pile of firewood by the time I get home. But it's, you know, I'm gonna complain yeah. about it a little bit. In the it's no big deal. It's, it's yeah, fine. Exactly. Don't worry about it. 
hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. Just just unscrew two things and it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Just take it in half. Don't even take it apart. So. Well, dude, I kept you. This is, this might this might be one of the longest podcasts I've done in the three years I've been doing this, or you know, the past two years. Uh, so I apologize for keeping you so long. No um, problem at all. We had a lot to talk about. We we talked about so much tonight. We talked about Joe Caviston as a club owner, Joe Caviston as the Electricity Music Conference organizer. We talked about Joe Caviston as as a dad, which obviously I think we I can speak for both of us. Uh, that being the most important, and um, you know, you're you're doing all these things while being a dad and husband, and that's commendable because you know those doing those things takes away time from those moments. So uh, kudos to you for continuing to do what you do. Um, again, it's not a financial uh, gain, so to speak, uh, for you to be doing this this conference, but it's. Um, I'll call it a, an emotional win. Um, uh, passion project. Passion project. Um, uh, what's the, a community win. Try, that's, yeah. that's what I was looking for, a community. Um, all those things. And I, and I hope that it doesn't go unnoticed. And I hope that people who take advantage of it, you know, appreciate the the effort 110% because it, it it's, it's a lot of work. And, um, we're, uh, we should be able to acknowledge that. So, thank you. Yeah, you're ten. Electric conference September thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. September fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth. Yep. Fourteen, fifteenth, sixteenth. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Kick yeah, off so. with the music awards and roll right through the conference. Yeah, check out the Facebook page. It's probably Instagram pages. Check out the uh, screen right. infidelities. Uh, Social medias, fat beats, all that kind of stuff. Um, what Joe does is is uh, hopefully does not go unnoticed in the community. And uh, yeah, dude, um, you know, I, I unfortunately I don't remember our first interaction as hey. as uh, me interviewing you or whatever it might be. I think I I honestly think it's the oh yeah I was gonna say that's the first one I think I remember coming up. I thought it, dude. I I thought it was the, like the coolest thing in the world when I came up. I think we emailed a couple of times. Carm set it up, but uh, I think he was just finishing his, and you were looking for somebody. And uh, I just remember the wall, the 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 painted wall with the big W on it, like well, up so in the lobby. Said, came said, up. Yeah, I said weekender on it. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, I, just, that's, I thought that was the coolest thing. And then I sat down at the computer. And saw that the graphic designer was using like a ten-year-old graphic design from. <laughs> it was like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, the weekender wall was. Um, it was gore. It was, but that like to me was like the coolest. Amazing. Thing. That was old Damian Pick. Shout out Damian Pick, who was also on this podcast uh, episode, whatever. Uh, go go search it. But um, yeah, he uh, he mapped all that out. We painted it over a weekend. Um, I could tell a story about. An oblivious uh, past employee who is still involved with music somehow in the area, but I won't. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's funny how things all work out. Everything kind of we find our own paths, we 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 adapt 100%. and we we pivot and all that kind of stuff. And I hope 
people, you know, think that we're we're all doing uh, positive things and things we're all just trying our best, right? That's things, all we can do. Yeah, move things forward in the area. So uh, no. I can't thank you enough for what you do. And and um, like I said, I don't know if um, if you ever drop the ball on this, if someone would pick it up. So thank you for what you continue to do. And thank you for what you can do. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, but just it's great music. So um, yeah. Keep being a, a a positive impact in the community. Keep being a great uh, father and husband, and uh, I'm sure I'll see you sooner or later. I think so. All right, buddy. Get some sleep. I'm sorry I kept you so long. Look, no worries. Is, it was a pleasure. We started at nine. It's and it's midnight now. So yeah, I'm not gonna listen to it anyway. But yeah, this this podcast sucks. So it's good. <laughs> I never said that. I think it's the best podcast that I don't listen to. By far, yeah, this is the best podcast I've never <laughs> listened to. Let's, 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 you know, you're probably right. I mean, people probably think it is the best if they don't listen to it. So, yeah, that works. Hey, buddy, uh, whoever prints your shirts, uh, whoever, hey, Axelrad, right those guys up. They do great work. I don't like to, uh, I don't, I, I try not to highlight this is the one I let Hirsch design, so I try not to, to highlight this one as much. <laughs> This guy, right? No, for real though. I I do appreciate that. Uh, and, and they're they are a sponsor of the podcast, and I can't say enough about the good experience we have with Axelrad constantly. Uh, the quality of the shirts, the turnaround time, it, it's unbelievable. No real customer else service provided by Johnny Popko. I mean, come on. Yes. My rep is the a best. Plus. A plus. A plus. Buddy, I can't wait to see you in person. I'll give you a big hug. All right, I'll see you soon, John. All right, buddy. Thanks. Yep. Later.